0: It's almost too much, Abe. On this gigantic look at the size of this fucking <laughs> Abe here, right in front of me. I also like Big this. head. a small podcast with a surprisingly large carbon footprint. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori is here too. How you doing tonight? Lori?
1: I'm very sad for Brock Bowers.
0: Lori is very sad for Brock Bowers. Tonight is... Tuesday, October 17th, 2023, Abe is returned from a trip abroad. He went out into the tumult of the wider world. I was concerned for him. He dismissed my concern, saying Mexico was fine. And he was immediately accosted (laughs) by, by the national police force down there in Mexico, or maybe just some local fuzz. Abe... Uh, how was your trip to Mexico? It
2: was great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say uh, mention two incidents uh, through, uh, d- during this episode that's gonna suggest otherwise, but it was a fun trip, very relaxing. I think this may be the first trip where I like read like the entirety of a book instead of just like you know chapter here and like oh that's enough nice. beach reading. Let me get back to boozing. I just sat nice. and read. The whole thing, uh, but was the, this?
0: Uh, did you go to some resort like a hotel, or where, where did you guys stay? So
2: this was a hotel of a sort, basically it was like a villa associated with a hotel. Uh, so they did all you know the cleaning and the however many towels you need of a hotel, but like it's like its own structure, like some old villa. Nice. Um, it was really nice, um, and yeah, we were, we, it, this is the, the way it's set up. Like you have to fly into like Cancun and drive like two hours to to the location. So
0: it's like, oh wow. So not, not a hot tourist destination. No, although just in terms it's of-
2: becoming so because it was, like, construction everywhere. I've never seen so many, like, workers just, like, building out as we were uh, just relaxing. And then, like, during the trip, Delta announced that they're Is it a to- bunch
0: of—when you go to Mexico, is it a bunch of sweaty white guys who are down there doing all the labor? No, the no, construction it's labor? the
2: locals doing all the labor. Ah, uh, and lots yeah, of just, them, man. They, you- I
0: just figured. You
2: know. <laughs> no, it's not the opposite. No, it's what you would imagine— <laughs> And there's, like, a lot of them. It's kind of like uh, uh, check fil a uh, where they have a <laughs> sufficient number of people to do the thing. Like, there's just yeah. a lot of people on whatever they're doing. Um, and maybe in, in a year or two it's going to be fully done But because, like, uh, Delta Airlines announced while we were there that instead of this nonsense where you fly into the bigger city, Cancun, and f- drive to Tulum, they'll just – fly directly to Tulum to
0: make things easier. Uh, it must be nice for people who fly Delta, <laughs> That's which, is, right.
2: <laughs> which is
0: not the fellas over there at the Biffler. No, no, no. We're frontier men. Um, I mentioned the carbon footprint. Are you – is there any shame whatsoever at the just the obscene display of wealth and privilege <laughs> that your crew has put on over the course of the last calendar year or so starting with your very modest birthday celebration at a sports bar in Atlanta and only expanding That's in right. scope from there?
2: <laughs> no, not even a little bit. First of all, I average it out. I don't think I went on any trips like in 2017, let's say. I'm just making that up. You just balance it out. Just 23 with a it heavy It doesn't year.
0: balance out for you, man. Sorry, your family brought 8 or 10 or 11 or whatever the number None is. None of them
2: came, came along Across- with it. So.
0: I know, but uh, you, you didn't start here, all right? So, oh, you know. I <laughs> Large debt has been built up by the Saudi-born Somalis as they traipse across the globe. And yet you continue to partake with no concern whatsoever uh, but for anymore, posterity.
2: I can uh, project 24 will be a very quiet year on that front. So it'll, like, once yeah. again, balance that. It's all going to come out in the wash, Bob. Now, um, so what
0: was it, like five or six of you guys down there in Cancun? There
2: were, yeah, something like that. Let's say 5. Yeah, 5. There were 5 of us. Um and
0: All right, so what happened? I want to hear about I don't care about the swarming Mexican hordes with their <laughs> hammers and their measuring tapes, you awful person, bringing that up. <laughs> Didn't Why see would it. you put such an image in our in our minds? Abe? <laughs> so, the um Did you say the Mexican
2: swords?
0: No, hordes. Yes. Hordes.
2: On the first night. By the way, so before we go on this trip, um You know, there's a couple of people in the group that are these anxious travelers. There's inevitably – I'm not one of them. Just like, "Ah, everything will be fine. The plane goes up, plane goes down. What what are you complaining about, right? right? It'll be fine. Um, They share some TikTok video of some American who traveled there recently, and they say, be on the lookout for the shakedown police, right? Don't carry too much money. Don't do anything – you know, don't have a bunch of – you know, a lot of coke on you or – just don't give them any reason it to... wasn't
0: that long ago that those uh, those women who were on a trip to, like, get some cheap plastic surgery or something— Yeah, that's something, right.
2: Where they, they got caught up in some sort of They got, got caught up in some
0: sort of uh, drug war between cartels and got shot up, and it was bad news.
2: Right, yeah. So this wasn't, thankfully, that, right? Uh, it was actually, like— Police officers with the you know the sirens and all that stuff, but anyways the the video said, hey be on the lookout they're doing this to a lot of people if they see you if they hear any English they're just gonna take that as an opportunity to take advantage you know if you're Spanish they'll they'll cut you loose and I'm like I'll be fine that's not gonna happen on like the very first night and exactly how they described I think it was almost like within an hour or two of how they described it because they said it was like around ten o'clock we're heading back to our uh, Airbnb. Uh, and in our case it was like maybe like a couple hours later like around midnight coming back to our villa hotel thing and- had you been out
0: uh drinking like sampling the local flavor
2: yes and and, and we were going to do this anyways but like especially because of that uh concern uh the driver was like i'm just going to just not even like do a couple of uh drink, you know drink a couple and then right. kind of tape. Not not just- not
0: a perfectly sluber situation yes. but in J- fact just- in fact completely sober
2: C- yes and then no on uh, Ridiculous, you know. There are a lot of others who, uh, uh, the passengers are uh, drinking, you know, like in, when they go to foreign places, they think, oh, the rules don't apply. Like we didn't do anything like that. Oh yes, with,
0: like open, open container yes. stuff or whatever. So
2: yeah. nothing of the sort. Uh, we weren't expecting anything to come of it, but like right on cue, the the uh, the cops pull us over and they go through all the different like you did this wrong. Like they, you know, we weren't speeding. They said you were speeding. We're like, no, we're not. Uh, like, okay, Are they talking was, to you in English? It was in uh, broken English, um, and one of our friends, Erpen, he took Spanish back in the day, and he still retains some of it. He's got, like, a memory. So oh, he, he,
0: one of the five of you, could speak any Spanish at all? Yes. That's shameful. You yes. would
1: have been no help.
0: No, I wouldn't have, I would have been very minimal help, but I took... <laughs> I mean, if this were happening in, like, uh, French Guiana or wherever, I probably would have been it a little wasn't. bit better off. I'm just saying... Uh, how many of the five of you took Spanish for multiple years in I school? I did
2: not. Uh, and it wouldn't matter because that was like 20 plus years ago. So I would have well, forgot right, immediately. Yeah. But it would actually to our detriment.
1: But wait. Just hold on. How many of you speak a second language?
2: I do not. I used to speak other languages. Yes, you I,
1: fucking do, Abe. <laughs> you speak <laughs> Somalian. You,
2: what do you speak I with your parents? I Somalian and they'll say I don't speak it. <laughs>
1: OK, but, yeah, but that, you can the communicate remains. with
0: your parents in more than just English. And yes, in fact, yes, you do. But correct. They, they break how it down.
1: Of the, how many of you were there? Five?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, everybody speaks at least another language. Right. OK,
1: so Bob doesn't get to sit here and say, oh, why don't any of you know Spanish? They're all bilingual.
2: <laughs> Take that, Bob anyways, that wasn't a uh, an asset as it turned out because they it's not like, oh, you speak shitty spanish from your high school i
0: didn't i didn't mean that like they would let you off because right. the guy took some high school spanish
2: right like, so so they you know uh he gets you know he the, so they're doing the the one cop is like doing the like, hey, maybe you know you're in trouble, perhaps uh, money will make the problem go away doing that <laughs> the other cop is like doing the like the laziest pat downs on all the other people. Like he literally just like just patted you know where my pockets are, right. and and then he like patted my back and like ah very thorough. All right, he didn't say that, but like it was just like all right, what are you doing? Like this is you're going through this the motions of patting me down. You're not doing anything. Right. Um, so the Spanish, you know. Er, Erpen's doing the communicating. Uh, we're just like we're we're not gonna react in any kind of way if they say we did it. thing. Who was the sober
0: one? Was Erpen the sober one? Fareed. No, Fareed.
2: <laughs> so he's the sober one. He actually had to like yeah. So he's the sober one, and and uh, he's saying like they say something you're speeding. We say we don't, and they don't push. They don't like you know. They're not gonna give you like a speedometer or say, hey right. I clocked you. You know because they didn't clock us right. Then they right. move on to something else. They said like your insurance is expired. Like. And he's like (laughs) – he counters with I spoke to – in anticipation of this interaction, I spoke with the rental car company, and they said you're all good. So they dropped that, and then they they finally said, well we'll hold your license, and we'll keep it at the station um, unless you give us 3,000 Mexican pesos, which is like you know 160-some-odd dollars American. Uh Uh-huh. And he's like, no, I'm not, we're not going to do that. Just you said the <laughs> the, 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 the pay, you, you, you know you I disagree with you, but you said something about the insurance. Just write us the ch- the, the ticket for that, and we'll right. dispute that. You're not getting three thousand anything.
0: I'll see you in court, motherfucker. Right, is what you, is what you said. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then after, like, it was like maybe ten minutes. Oh, by the way, I was kind of enjoying this uh, because I was like, I've never been a part of a shakedown. This is great. Like, let's see how this plays out. Uh, I mean, I was a little under the influence, also. So I was like, oh, look at this.
0: You know, you hear about this, this is the same. This is the same person who got pulled over somewhere in the Metro Atlanta area at some point. Fucking should not have been Perfectly driving. Perfectly sober uh uh-huh, perfectly sober and then uh just kind of told the cop I'm not going to do yeah. that I mean, what if what if not what if I don't do the sobriety test yes I asked him
2: in that way framed it Well, what am I you know and it worked out well uh, also although I don't do that anymore um so after like 10 minutes of whatever and i was gonna say this in my uh, english uh, to them i was gonna say you know there's plenty you know fish in the sea fellas you know there's a lot of other people to bother that are gonna be scared of you yeah, just bother cars
0: them. cars there's just <laughs> look at all the cars passing by with all the money that they have perfectly willing to just <laughs> hand and, to you
2: and, and the whole thing works on just like fear like oh my god i'm in a foreign place let me make the problem go away just to kind of react in a certain way like our whole strategy was like don't React to anything they say. Just speak in a calm way like, nope, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Just like You should have
0: said, Man, we saw this on TikTok before we came here. I like the gag, but it's not gonna work on us. Get the next guy. This it's just Yeah. We know that we know the jig here, man. Move along. So anyway, eventually they, they they cut us
2: loose, uh and the rest of the weekend was fine, but it's just interesting that it just immediately happened and I don't know what their strategy is. It seems like they're they're you would think that if they did this as much as people said online that they do, uh, it would hurt tourism at some point. I mean, not now because there are a lot of tourists there, but it just seems like a uh, short-sighted strategy.
0: Yeah, but how much is it going to hurt tourism if what it comes down to is you spent a week in a beautiful tropical paradise, and at one point you got unlucky and had to fork over $200 to the local fuzz right. uh, just to, to move along. It's not a pleasant experience, no. but like I think for some people it's just like that eh, cost of doing business and whatever.
2: The next night, uh, we, uh, because uh, no one wanted to designate that next night, uh, and we took like a taxi. Um, right. And we saw, it wasn't necessarily those two cops, but there was another group of Americans getting pulled over, going through some sort of thing. We're thinking about it, just screaming out, like, ah, oh, don't fall for it. <laughs> but we don't didn't.
0: give them any money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so there, it's a thing. You're getting harassed.
0: All right, what about uh, any any Frontier drama, given your 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 budget airline? So
2: Frontier, what up? You know, the last time I was on Frontier, a disastrous experience. Most reasonable people would not have flown with them, uh, even before the, the, the previous trip. But especially after what happened where they just canceled our flight the night of and they rebooked right. the next day. So you had to get hotel accommodations and just a big headache. Very disruptive.
0: But they gave you uh, like a $40 voucher or something, $40 right?
2: that you had <laughs> – so Frontier has a weird system to where you know, you pay $200. Like if your ticket was $200, you know, which is already cheap, if you look at the, 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 the price breakdown, they only allot like $10 towards the fee. and every, I mean towards the ticket. Everything else is some sort of made-up fee. So when they give you some sort of like voucher – it only applies towards that $10, no matter how much you, gotta you use spend. It,
0: you got to use it on, on four future flights <laughs> spread out over the next 18 months.
2: It's a total racket. Anyways, Uh-oh. this go-around, uh, it was solid going there, no mm-hmm. problems. And on the way back, we were actually projected to get there early. And I was like, wow, what a miracle. Frontiers right on point, like no mistakes. After that disastrous San Diego experience, they turned things around. I'm sure they're right behind uh, Delta when they get the direct flight to Tulum, uh, but right. I spoke too soon as I tend to do. Uh, there was a extra person on the plane. There was a baby unaccounted for. Like so, they're doing the flight manifest like head count thing. Like they da-da-da. like before we're about to leave. Before they're about to close, everybody boarded. Everybody sat down. Everybody was you know happy that the flight was gonna leave soon. And there's right. commotion in the front, like these the flight- the flight crew's talking to like this person. I can't hear anything. I'm like reading, but I'm just kind of looking up like why are we why are they still chit chatting? It turns out that the child was under two years old when they got to Mexico, but they celebrated their birthday and they're now over two years old, and oh that requires a ticket, but she got a round trip ticket and Frontier being a shitty airline they didn't have any sort of mechanisms mechanisms to flag it i mean
0: the mother a should have airline that apparently boarded her and the infant on the plane uh, even though she didn't even though the infant didn't have a ticket but needed one right, right. like Which uh, made,
2: yeah because she went through the you know the, the checkpoint you know they went through every step they were seated ready to go and i don 't know why what triggered the flag i mean i don't know if the manifest has dates of birth i don't know how they Made a determination that, at on this leg of your trip, you have to be ticketed. This child, right? But that was the sticking point. The mother was confused, and she's like, "All right," she's pulling out her phone, and she's like, "I'm going to go to the Frontier website and buy a ticket." And they're like, "That's not how it works. Like the flight is already (laughs) like like you can't just buy a ticket right now. Like you need to give me the money. Like you have to actually get out of the plane."
0: Uh, right. What do you think this is? Some sort of Mexican cop situation where you're just going to be pulled over and, and we're suddenly demanding another $240 from you? What do you take us for, lady? Very insulting.
2: Although, although if any airline uh, used that strategy, it would be Frontier, you know, like money right. makes problems go away, you know, Cause that's that's how they, they
0: function. Anyways, a lot of the people— Oh, you wanted the emergency door to close on this flight. <laughs> that's that's going to be 40 more bucks each person. Fork it over. <laughs>
2: So a lot of uh, busybodies uh, came to her aid. I guess they didn't
0: uh, appreciate heroes. A eh, busybodies, you mean? No, no, I think you people, mean heroes. These
2: bums should have just kept their mouths shut. So, but they were trying to help. So I'll grant them that they were trying to help. But their idea of helping was to berate the flight crew. Because it's Frontier and they're like, oh, you idiots, of course you would screw this up, like it's not her fault. And also it's just a kid, let it slide. And they're like, are you out of your mind? Like, we can't just have some random, you know, unaccounted for person because of the FAA regulations, blah, blah, blah. And this
0: could be some sort of weird AI baby that's not a baby at all, <laughs> but is instead full of dynamite or, or, I, or, or anthrax.
2: That is what probably triggered the uh, the further this look. Could a, is because this could the bay- be a,
0: a, a robot baby. This is the not a real was baby like for The like walking all you know. around
2: the aisles, and they're like, oh, wow, that's a pretty big kid for under two. I mean, maybe that triggered it. Too, yeah. It's not clear. But anyways, for whatever reason, the flight crew did not take uh, – Uh, did not take kindly the extra piling on from the other people. Uh, And they alerted the pilot who said, kick those people out too. Like, this is my plane. Fuck those people. And they're not willing to leave. And the pilot was like, he got on the public address system. He says, I'm going to get rid of everybody. Like, he was kind of losing his composure. Like, he opened, you know, like, oh, welcome to... You know, front, you know, Frontier, is going to be a two-hour, 90-minute flight, you know, like the pilot spiel when there's no problem. But he changed his tone right. when he was getting, like, the slightest bit of resistance from people who were like, you're going to leave Australia in Mexico. This is not fair because they didn't see it as a big problem. And he's like, oh, this could be human trafficking for all we know. We don't know. Like they were kind of, like, being unreasonable. I mean, maybe it could have been. I don't know. But like, he, they were I mean, in-
1: when you said that, that was my first thought.
2: Yeah, It doesn't, saying, it doesn't matter. Know what this he
0: can't is. just let unticketed human beings on the airplane. He will lose his job. Like, right. it's not... Uh, I'm like, sorry, was- some rules are rules because they're fucking rules. And there's literally... It's not like you have to wear... You're, you're not a waitress where you have to wear flair and you forgot your fucking flair. And now your shitty assistant manager is sending you home and costing you your dinner. It's not that sort of thing. It's fucking serious stuff, yeah. man. Getting but on a plane. They... The
2: people who were helping, the people you uh, you're you're lauding as being as some sort of like uh, great people, like they didn't know anything. They, 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 they the first they've heard about it, this was like five minutes earlier, and now they're like experts right. on like the rules. Like just shut up! And now they are screwed because Frontier is not a very good airline, and now you, as a result, you know it's going to be graded as like a, a belligerent you know passenger or something like that, right? Frontier's not going to front you like the to book again, right? You have to pay out-of-pocket right. and who knows <laughs> you gotta knows, go buy a
0: new ticket yeah
2: and who knows when they fly next maybe it's like next sunday who knows you have to go to like uh, 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 you know like you cause this because you just wouldn't just shut up like assess the situation you're in no position to do anything if there was some sort of language barrier or something it wouldn't i would understand but there was no role for you to play and now you're out uh but anyway it took like a 90 minutes for all of this because the pilot kept on getting back on the public, uh, the or whatever, and he kept on saying, "I'm not joking. We're gonna all be stranded if you don't, you know if you don't follow the rules." Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I think it just took a little while for those people to come to terms that they're screwed. There's no talking your way out of this, right? Right. And and then finally, like 90 minutes later, they get out, and then
0: so mom and baby and party presumably all get off the plane and then also the the heroes trying to save the day <laughs> the and heroes. convince the flight crew <laughs> to just to just roll with the <laughs> Roll with the extra human, uh, also get kicked off the flight, and then you guys finally leave.
2: Right, and 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 the uh, the uh, you know the people that I was traveling with, they were sympathetic to these bozos, and I was like, "Why are you speaking? Just shut up!" Like you get what you get. Like that was on you. There's no
0: sympathy. No one gets any sympathy here whatsoever. I'm sorry. The bureaucracy and the rules uh, are the correct winners in this scenario, and especially mom gets absolutely no right. sympathy for me whatsoever, because this is, uh, she tried to get one over on <laughs> the, the fine people at ticket, Frontier. Right? <laughs> I don't believe that this was an, an oversight or an accident on her part. I believe she thought that Nah, you know, what's the worst that could happen? They're not, it's not like they're gonna kick my baby off the plane when I get back right. on to take her home. Like, that's not what's going to happen. Right. They're just gonna, it'll be totally fine. Nobody will even notice. Right. And that's a, that's a bad way to be in the world. No, don't, it's, don't, it's, yeah, don't be it's not that gonna work.
2: Like I said, the, the, uh, on the frontier side, they likely didn't have like the software they were cheaping out like they do to where it would like flag it to say, oh, alert this date of birth is going to go over two years what
0: i don't understand is that i've had to when we travel with our under twos you have to have their birth certificate on hand
1: well you don't i mean they tell you to
0: they tell you to so that when you get to They've the You never county, asked for it And you can show them the birth certificate and you're like here he's under two yeah. now he gets to ride in my lap right uh that's that's always made pretty clear yeah and i don't
2: if I were not
0: gonna, nothing that's worth risking, certainly. Right.
2: Especially getting stuck in you know, out of country. Um and if you are gonna run this scheme, at least make sure the kid is on your lap the whole time to pretend. Cause like the the flight crew made it out of notice. You know, they're thinking everybody else checked this, looked into this, but when the kid's just running around, you're like, damn, it's a big kid.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> like that I mean, a lot of mistakes by the mother. Uh.
0: Yeah, a lot of mistakes by the mother. That's a standard issue take from our podcast, I think, in general. <laughs> there any, was no, talk-
2: uh, no father to pin uh, this blame on, so. Uh.
0: Yeah. All right, good. Well, it sounds like a pretty fun trip Yeah. Uh, Other than the, all the
2: shakedown and the uh, cancellation threat. Great trip.
0: All oh, good. I don't think we have any anecdotes worth sharing, so we will just get into the news of the week. Let's first discuss from this evening or late this afternoon perhaps a hospital in uh, Gaza was uh, blown up by a rocket and uh, Israel is blaming a Palestinian Jihad organization and uh, Hamas and Palestinian Jihad are blaming Israel as, uh, as one might expect. If this was an actual military target of Israel's, I think that they would uh, probably happily own it. Uh,
2: well, they wouldn't be happy and, about it because, I mean, this is basically like a worst-case scenario. They, like There's no military purpose to strike the hospital, so they wouldn't want that to be the story.
0: Right, but if there had been a military purpose to strike this particular hospital, which wouldn't be completely insane as Hamas has been known to uh, put weapons caches and communications facilities and other – uh, military capabilities in uh, points of civilian interest specifically to allow for this sort of thing to, uh, should it unfold, uh, uh, be egg on the faces of uh, of the Israelis. Um, and maybe it's uh, a misfired Israeli rocket and they didn't intend to do it. Uh, and now they're trying to blame a uh, Palestinian organization instead. Uh, but they, and who knows, who knows what the actual fact of the situation is uh but one imagines that this is a sort of early hopefully and not hopefully but uh, given that the scope of this conflict is likely only going to expand over the course of the next short to medium while uh this could be an early point of interest in this conflict in terms of like something that doesn't go away
2: you mean like the doubt as to who launched the 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 rocket
0: Right. I don't know. That the, is Hamas ever going to acknowledge that it either accidentally or on purpose blew up a hospital in Gaza? No, of course not. And is Israel ever going to acknowledge that they blew up a hospital in Gaza when either by accident or on purpose? Maybe they would uh, outside of the fog of the immediate conflict uh, on the long run. They could say, yes, a horrible mistake was made. Or a a terrible, bad luck, accidental malfunction happened in this guidance system and we blew up a fucking hospital and it was a mistake. Maybe I could see that happening, uh, but probably not. Um, Neither side is going to acknowledge that they did this and both both sides will continue to blame the other for it. And it's enough of a big fucking deal that neither is going to let it go. I don't think it will become a, a big talking point here in the immediate future. Right. That's the sort of thing that's entirely predictable. And what I was sort of getting at last week is that this is going to be bad all around. And, I mean, that's not any great insight or anything like that. But right here at the relative beginning of this conflict, for something like this to happen uh, does not bode well for uh, what's coming over the course of the next couple months, certainly.
2: Right. And this is, you know, so this happened the day that we're recording, and I'm sure more information will come to light later this week but you know the early reports are what somewhere around 500 people have been killed I mean that's like a big number right like the hospital of like patients and civilians and doctors and all that stuff I imagine that this was not intentional on either side right like because it doesn't make sense for Hamas to intentionally do this even though they, they can benefit somewhat from the look at the cruelty of Israel uh and I, I it doesn't
0: make sense. Well, to be fair, it doesn't make sense for Hamas to have done the entire thing in the first place. Like I'm still trying to come to terms with understanding. Yes. if this wasn't if this wasn't an op sort of masterminded by Iran, which let's assume that it's not for the sake of argument, what is the rational? What is the rationale behind Hamas deciding that they're going to uh, go forward at this time with this? with this act, uh, with, the, with this huge, and again, like the scope of it, I, I guess, I don't know how to understand it or how to explain it, but it's a, it's a huge, huge fucking thing that happened. Right. And it, 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 it's weird to me to do the math on like the relative number of people, uh, killed and injured, like in a, in a country of eight or 9 million people. Right. So if you adjust for thousand, population,
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: Right, if you do that sort of weird math and you end up with tens of thousands of, of casualties in an American type of situation, it's not that. Like, it's there's no—I I don't think that that's useful. Right. But it is—it was a fucking awful thing that happened. And it's not the way that I felt about it last Sunday, as I've already said on the show before. Just seeing the headlines and briefly reading about it, the way that it was presented to me initially, or at least the way that I took it in, was, ah, it's more of this fucking— Israel versus Palestine bullshit going on over there. No, this is different. This is uh, much, much worse. Yeah,
2: the scale of it, because, they, they've, you know, yeah, more information has come out since the last time we recorded. And, like, there were, like, thousands of people that broke through many different points, you know, through the border. And I, I think I said last, last, last week it was, like, a catastrophic intelligence failure. And that, that seems to still be true because it's, I, still don't, I still haven't read anything to explain how they were able to go through so many different po- points— and attack right. people without any help. There was a uh, a sixty minute segment where there there was like it was kind of a, this heroic story of like the the the, the father uh, the grandfather like came to the rescue of his kid and his grandchildren. Uh, and there was like hours upon hours upon hours where there was no help. Like the, their version of nine one one wasn't yielding any sort of help. Like there was you're basically kind of on your own if you're in those areas uh, for many hours. So that is also another like how did that happen? But uh, but yeah, as far as the scope, yeah, you're right. I mean, when we were recording last week, it's, it was it, I mean, it was clear that something terrible has happened because the way they were describing it, it was Israel's 9/11. All of those, all of those, uh, uh, and and the way that countries, you know, like the U.S. and others were saying, we're not gonna tell Israel to exercise restraint. You know, the way that they were describing it, it sounded like this was a very big thing. Um right. But yeah, regarding the the. Uh, the the hospital um, I- incident. I imagine that the side that didn't do it would hope for some sort of uh, evidence, some sort of video evidence. I mean, there's a lot of cameras pointed towards Gaza right now, right? All the different media outlets around the world are there. Uh, other interested parties are there. So, if there's some sort of footage that shows that it came from here and something happened with the thing and then it fell, you know, some sort of accidental whatever. Then that that would put the issue to rest, like some sort of accident.
0: Um, right. And I don't have any idea. Is, is Israel currently capable or even willing to are they tracking all of the strikes that they're intending to do? Is this is it is it possible that a forensic investigation into this would yield a definitive result? I don't know, right. Uh, and in the in the moment, it seems unlikely that it will. I don't ultimately, i don't I also don't think it matters. One way—I mean, obviously, the 500 dead, it, it doesn't—they're it, dead. It doesn't fucking matter, I guess. Um, it does uh, make Biden's trip. Biden is going to—is expected to be in Israel tomorrow, and there's some perhaps reason to believe that uh, part of the reason that Israel, after threatening like last Thursday or something, I think it was Thursday that they first announced that you have 24 hours right. to leave this part of Gaza and head south— And uh, get the fuck on out of there because uh, we can't we won't guarantee your safety or anything like that because we're going to have a ground invasion. Uh, And that was before the weekend, certainly. And then nothing has happened on that front since then. So either they've changed their mind or it was it was sort of an idle threat of some sort. Um, But with Biden coming in on Wednesday to meet with. Uh, Israeli authorities, and of course uh, uh, Bibi and, and the other guy who formed a coalition, gov- a, a coalition government of sorts, uh, in a sort of emergency situation. One wouldn't imagine that that would be the moment that they send 100,000 right. or 200,000 Israeli troops across the border uh, in a, where it just raises the, the chaos stakes uh, more than anything else, and they, they wouldn't do that with an American president on the ground, presumably. So... Uh, the, the absolute worst case scenario has yet to play out as far as uh, that goes. Uh, but Israel certainly isn't done here. Uh, the, again, why I keep coming back to Hamas's motivation or me being sort of unclear on it, and maybe it's just foolish of me to expect to be able to, deri- to derive a reasonable, rational explanation for the actions of a jihadist islamic sort of uh apocalyptic death cult uh which is which is what they are uh, and it's it's also further it's weird to me that that's not talked about more uh, it seems like 10 or 15 years ago there would have been much less unease about talking about this for what it is at its core which if you want to say it's a response to political oppression i think you're fucking crazy Uh, because Hamas is an organization that is committed to, uh, from the river to the sea, wiping Israel off the, off the face of the planet, Right. right? They, they do not believe that there should be a Jewish ethno state, uh, there. They believe that's their land and that the Jews should, uh, die and leave. And it doesn't matter what order they do that in, uh, they are an Islamic Islamist, terrorist organization intent on murder, and if you cannot acknowledge that because you're worried that people will misinterpret that as a condemnation of all Muslims or all of the Palestinians who are Muslim, uh, then that's on you as a failure to communicate what it is that you actually uh, believe or will acknowledge about the world. Right. Uh, now, it it seems like there's less of an acknowledgement of that than there should be.
2: On that point, okay, so the— the, the the news channels and the programs that I've watched they've have driven that point home right like you know the Sunday talk shows they've they've characterized Hamas as like uh, a terrorist uh, a group that's hell bent on destroying Israel the president has kind of repeated that actually there was a, he gave a, a speech to in front of Human Rights Watch or some human group uh, and he kind of was trying to do the like what. Hamas did is terrible and and, and I, um and I'm sympathetic to the- uh, to the Palestinians who have nothing to do with this, who are in harmed way and the first part kind of got unmuted, muted, like, okay, I guess that's a thing to say, it sucked what happened to Israel, but there was no like reaction, but when he said the second part, there was like applause, right so it seemed like the, right. the audience seemed to have a view of things, but like um. When it comes to the administration, the politicians on both sides, uh, sixty minutes, the new ma- like everywhere, it seems like they're kind of on the same page. So, is there are there other outlets that are not taking that approach with how they're covering it? I mean,
0: maybe maybe to some extent it's it's nut picking, uh, but I have seen a lot among the sort of new. Uh, I mean, you call it the dirtbag left to some extent. Uh, anybody associated with the Democratic Socialists of America? Oh, anything coming yeah, out? Kind of of,
2: By the way, did you coin this new term, nut picking? Nut picking? Like picking, picking the nuts, you know, you, like picking
0: on. You, a- right, you're going through and finding <laughs> the the crazies in the group uh, because <laughs> they stand picking.
2: out. <laughs> Pastime. I didn't of make that up. I'm sure. I,
0: I don't know where I picked it up. <laughs> no, I picked but that's, that's going to catch
2: on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's going to be this podcast that popularizes it. <laughs> Uh, well, so you're saying that there have been
2: certain uh groups and the you know uh and, and they usually are of that element,
0: right? It's not you- there's a headline on slate today that says how how did Gaza bec- how Gaza became an open air prison, right? Right. Now the notion that Gaza is an open air prison is uh highly debatable state or, or statement to make in the first place, right? But the to some extent the conversation around this has changed a great deal. I forget where I read this today. Maybe it was the the Derek Thompson podcast. Uh, I forget what they call it. But there's a—Derek Thompson hosts a podcast in the Ringer Network. Plain English, he calls it. Uh, and he had a conversation today, I think, or yesterday with Peter uh, Beinert of the New York Times, who's a, a Jewish fella who has written about this issue a great deal over the last 20 years. And they were talking about the way that the conversation has changed— with regards to the Israel-Palestine conflict, 15 years ago, Jimmy Carter comes out with a book that identifies Israel as an apartheid state in the title or the Peace, subtitle of this book. not apartheid, right? Right. Peace, not apartheid. And there was a great deal of pushback from the mainstream media on this – from the not necessarily from Beinert himself, but from – people in that world in the new york times and the washington post and the and mainstream democratic politicians who objected to uh, former president of the united states calling israel an apartheid state or inferring yeah. uh, that they that they were doing bad things in that way now that seems to be and and thompson mentioned this on his podcast that this was his second podcast that he's done about this conversation. And the main pushback that he got after the first podcast was that he did not do enough Demonizing is not the word that they would have used. But he didn't—in the the minds of the people on the far left of this conversation, he was not critical enough of Israel. He did not acknowledge that Gaza is an open-air prison. He did not acknowledge that Israel is an apartheid state. Like, he failed to have this conversation in terms that 15 years ago, it would have been sort of insane uh, to demand that that conversation be had on those terms in the mainstream. Right. And— And now we are in that position. Somehow, uh, among all of the ways that the conversation, the discourse has changed in the last 15 years when people talk about wokeness, and and whereas we used to talk about political correctness when people talk about social justice warriors, this is another example of the conversation shifting in very dramatic ways. And it's not clear to me— It's not always in keeping with the truth. It's just that these have become brandings that you're expected to say over and over again, almost to sort of signify where it is that you stand morally uh, on, on this broader question. I don't remember how I got off on this uh, tangent, well, I apologize. Th- but...
1: I don't know, but you did it again. You said Jewish fella, like that race guy. And Jerry Maguire, why do you do that?
0: I, I call everybody fellas. It's fine.
1: No, you only call minorities that.
0: I say white fella all no, the
2: time. No, you don't. You did, you did just now. Uh, the I don't know if it was your uh, favorite new moderator of Meet the Press uh, or another one of the Sunday morning shows, but there was some uh, poll that they looked at that said there there has been a considerable drop in support for Israel on the left, like it was like right. a 15 point drop or something over just like 10 years. And it's not clear like what happened. What's happened in the last 10 years that's any different? Like
0: BB's well, like, second sort of go of it since 2009 or so is what happened. Oh, right? So the, you think the, it's like
2: that, like, oh, the, 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 the right wing uh, government of BB is what?
0: Yeah, the conservative hardliners uh, led by BB Netanyahu have been in charge there since the failure since since the end of the second intifada right since because they have you have the failure again, my history on this is not perfect, so forgive me, but basically you have a failure uh of the the Clinton peace process uh, to get it because first there 's the norway stuff that doesn 't work out then there's the Clinton stuff that doesn 't work out, and then you have uh, five or six years of of uh, terrorist attacks going on, at which point Israel eventually pulls out entirely of uh, Gaza and says, uh, we're not going to bother with you fuckers anymore, right? And then since then, that is that is the moment at which people started calling it an open air prison. That is the moment at which people decided that Israel is an apartheid state. And that's what's changed, is that the the conservative hardliners in Israel said, we're not mucking about... With this so called peace process anymore, because this is a this is a group of people uh, who don't bring a good faith uh, who don't bring good faith to the conversation right, right. we offered them uh, the best deal that we could possibly manage it, and Arafat said no, and the result was uh, six years of of awful terrorism and bombings, and we're just not going to deal with it any longer and so I, and now here we are okay. in so
2: so I can see how that would uh maybe uh, uh, Bring the poll- the the polling showing their support down some, but like the sometimes like mealy mouth like response to like what Hamas did, like it seems like odd that that wouldn't be like an unequivocal like that's just mealy
0: mouth nothing. There's some crazy fucking footage out there of protests happening in New York City and in, oh yeah, uh, oh, well, yeah. Uh, I uh, mean
2: th- that's yeah that's crazy yeah because campus all-
0: protests right the the sort of country over where people are. I mean, I we mentioned last week the the Black Lives Matter Chicago organization posting the the paratrooper with the is with the Palestinian yes. flag uh and and saying I stand with Palestine celebrating like there are people who were giving speeches They they played it on I heard it on two or three or four different podcasts this week uh the a rally in in New York City I believe with a guy reveling in the deaths of 260 hipsters, right? he's like, apparently the, the Hamas went in there and they shot up a bunch of the fucking youthful hipsters. And he was like glad about it. And I know, again, maybe it's, maybe it's nut picking. Maybe that's the problem. But there is, uh, even in the mainstream discourse, as you're uh, suggesting, there's a deference to... The underlying virtue of the Hamas cause, if you understand the Hamas cause to be the liberation of the Palestinian people, that I don't think you would have gotten uh, 15 years ago. I think you're right about that.
2: Yeah, and maybe more will come of it than people will explain their position. Does it have
1: anything to do with, um, oh, fuck, Nation of Islam?
0: Uh no probably not although there is some in, there's some interesting congruities between the things that
1: Cuz like the Black Lives Matter people seem to be
2: Yeah I wonder yeah but it's it's that just coming anti Israel right? right?
1: and and then also Nation of Islam is a
2: thing
0: Right well so what nation so what like Louis Farrakhan and Hamas would have in common is that they both believe that European Jews are interlopers that they're, that they're fake Jews that the that they have no business being in Israel that they have no business claiming a Jewish or Semitic identity because they are European, right? I mean, this gets into weird fucking stuff very, very quickly, uh, which makes me uncomfortable to talk about. Uh, yeah, but,
1: you can steer away.
0: Yeah, but but I do think. And maybe maybe we steer into the skid uh in the moment here, actually. No. Lori mentioned No
1: no 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 no. What did I mention?
0: That she didn't want to talk about she didn't want to give her opinions on this conversation yeah. uh last week because they're un, uh, unpopular opinions. And the and way because that,
1: my mother listens to the show. Yeah,
0: sure. The way that I wanna phrase or frame the conversation here briefly and we're not going to solve uh the israel palestine no? problem obviously uh but
1: certainly not with that attitude
0: can israel be a because israel is an ethno-religious state right they, they're sort of that's not that's not an opinion that's they i that's who they are right they're they're an there are different sorts of Jews there, but ultimately this is a this is a Jewish homeland for the Jewish people. It's both it's both an ethnic issue and also a religious one. And it's not just uh, the Semitic people of that region, the, the sort of Arabi types uh, who happen to be Jews, but also European Jewry. Right? They they all came home. The Zionist project, the project of Zionism, was to have a Jewish homeland that reflected their ancestral heritage to some extent, right? That the the land itself actually matters, that this is where they uh, ultimately came from if you you trace them back. And if you want to call them colonizers, to some extent, uh, maybe that's true uh, because they did displace uh, a great number of Arabs when they went in there and established the Jewish state uh it was a that was part of the project they had to get rid of all of the locals in order to establish the Jewish state can there exist in that region an ethnic Jewish state in the in the form of Israel that does not experience this sort of uh problems of warring with their neighbors and if not if the ethnic Jewish state as a as a sec, as a modern democracy so called cannot exist there then what the fuck are we doing right. um, and, well i mean it's existing and,
2: there now right i mean the, the what i find odd is the imagining a different world like i always think like you just have to kind of live and, and 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 work through the problems in the life that we're in So now. then
0: what do we do with the palestinians work through the problems what do we do with the palestinians So the right now there are right now there are 2 million people in israel uh this is all obviously in
2: gaza right there's more on the in the west bank
0: no no, right right but like in israel now like so even when you talk about israel as this sort of ethnic state if you want to call it a uh, uh, uh an apartheid state you can't exactly because there are in fact people who live in israel who are not jewish who are arab who are muslim who are palestinian uh though they don't live in the West Bank uh, or in Gaza, who have civil rights. Now, the people in Gaza don't have those civil rights. They are excluded. They sort of exist at the pleasure, all right, like Gaza exists at the pleasure of Israel, largely behind a wall, uh, and they have no recourse against the government. And to some extent, even the people who live inside Israel who have civil rights, who are permitted to vote, there's not a scenario in which— Enough people vote the Jews out where the – like where it's acceptable for the Jewish state, for Israel to be run by Arabs or to be run by Muslims, right? That's a sort of unthinkable proposition, Okay, So if you were to reincorporate the two million people uh, in in Gaza back into – a uh, a single territory, call it a one-state solution, uh, if you like, can Israel be a modern, secular, Western-style democracy in the middle of the Middle East uh, that accepts the outcome of elections that might not involve Jewish people being in charge any longer, right? That's, it seems to me like the answer is no, that if they were to reabsorb all of the Palestinians and you end up with, like— Four and a half million Palestinians in Israel, right, uh, in, in a voting block against whatever the number is. Four, five, six million Jews in Israel. Like you're going to end up with weird scenarios where, uh, sorry, but like, fucking Muslims right. and uh, and Palestinians have political power. They have they they run a couple of cities or something, right? Like they have, and, and the and the two need to get along in order for it to function. I don't think that the Zionists would tolerate that sort of thing. Uh, so uh, to me, like the the notion of a an entire and 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 at the same time, I don't think the Palestinians would tolerate right. it. Like I, it's not clear to me that these are uh, two groups of people who can work together to form a secular government where they're not at each at each other's fucking throats all the time.
2: Right. I. I so I mean, that is just like fantasy. There's n- 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 that's not ever going to happen. There's not going to be like some sort of like intermingling toward like let's kumbaya the hell out of this. Right. So that's not going to happen uh
0: i i so a one-state solution is so so in other words a, a a true successful israel because in my mind what is an i what does an ideal israel look like it is a, a modern secular western style democracy that reintegrates all of the people who have been displaced uh all of the all of the, you, you knock down the wall in the, uh, between Israel and Gaza, you reintegrate all of the Palestinians, and you give them, uh, civil rights. You give them all of the rights that, uh, that are, uh, granted to the Israeli people are for anybody who lives in the country, right? That you become a Western style democracy. That's sort of the ideal fantasy land version of Israel where they exist above the fray of, the uh, fucking bullshit religious entanglements uh, that go on uh, in the region otherwise. Uh, so I think it's impossible. It's it's,
2: it's it's totally impossible because, first of all, how—,
0: how... Okay, so given yeah. that, then what, what then? Right. What instead? So
2: I, I, the way I see it, there are three options, right? One is the status quo. Whatever's happening now where Israel uh, controls the part that they control and they—you have these two regions, you know, Gaza and the West Bank and— that's the way it is, uh, and, and and nothing, you know, there's no path forward for a pal- Palestinian state. The second uh, a scenario is, you know, you know, some new authority once Hamas is kind of rooted out, which it's not going to be rooted out completely, but let's say that government, the, the government functions that they serve, because they're, they they do the terrorist stuff mostly, and then like very barely they do government stuff, right? So. Getting rid of Hamas, there would be a some authority that would have to first disavow this uh, mission statement for being, which is to kill Israel. Right? You can't pursue two state solution uh, where your primary objective is to kill the other state. Right? So right. you would have to come and ha- do some sort of disavowment and and then build some sort of path towards a two state solution. Right? That's like the ideal fantasy land where we have, you know. We have to coexist. It, the the way that it's going is not going to work. And like, you leave us alone, and we'll leave you alone, and then we'll both prosper next to each other. Right. That's the best case scenario. That's seeming unlikely by, uh, by the day. And then the the third option would be not status quo, but like Israel just continuing to kind of inc- just say like we need to encroach further because this is not tenable to just have people just lobbing stuff at us forever. Get it to where like it's like the 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 pain of being there in West Bank and Gaza toward like Egypt will have to absorb some uh, Palestinians uh, which have done in the past. Jordan doing the same which they've also done to uh, uh, poor outcomes for them. There was an assassination as a result of taking on uh, Palestinians. But like something toward like hey the Arab world, you keep on uh, uh, talking uh, Palestinians up. Here you are, take them on. All of this is Israel. That's the only way to to ensure right. there's security.
0: A, there's a back door out of out of Gaza, and it's through it's closed. Egypt. Yeah. The right? back like, door is closed, right? Yes. But but Egypt has decided that that door is just as closed as the front right. door is, right? That that why isn't there a great deal? I mean, to some extent, it's why isn't there just as much outrage at the Egyptians for not opening the back door as there is at the at the Israelis for for kicking down the front door? If that's ultimately what's going to happen here in the next couple of right. weeks. Um, the, the, the thing that is you know i keep i want to stress is what the reason
2: why I don't understand why Hamas has any support at all um uh, is the the course that they're on or they have been uh is there's no possible scenario where there's a one state solution that's palestine that is like no scenario where that will ever happen. There's no scenario where it's a one-state solution and Israel is not it, right? So if there is a one-state solution, it's going to be Israel, right? So your best bet is to pursue a two-state solution. That is your best bet. Like, I don't understand why that point... I I know there's a lot of history of, you know, each side killing one another and there's, like, a lot of animosity, right? So it's like, we can't let that go. Uh, But, like, if if that was... If you could look past that... Your best course of action for the future of Palestinians is to pursue a two-state solution, and they're not doing it. And I just don't get that.
0: I've joked before about how we should just open up New Mexico to the Jews, right? And just saying, uh, look, we tried We tried it, all right? In 1948, we, we came together as a world, and we're like, look uh, – by the way, Zionism goes back. Far beyond 1948. It's just that it, 1948 is the the legal creation of the Israeli state, the modern Israel. Modern Israel, uh, following World 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 War II, everybody was like, "Ah, ah we fucked up there. What happened to you guys? Uh, let's let's make it official down there in Israel, and we'll we'll give you this plot of land down there." Um, it was a mistake, right? Like uh, it, it didn't fucking work. How about New Mexico or or something like so, that? I mean, Arizona is also,
1: but that's not where, right. um, you know Moses was right. or what That'd the be fuck a ever. Hard sell. Right.
0: So this is where this is where I think when Lori talks about not wanting to talk about things, there is
1: most of the time it's because it's a bummer.
0: Sure, because it's a bummer, but like there is a great deal of sincerely held belief about the the historical necessity of this people existing on this land, right? Like people take that shit very seriously. It would be to my preference if they didn't, right? right? Like it would very much be to my preference to say, look, you have one of the most – and there's nothing about Israel in terms of its natural resources that says sand. You need to stay there. They don't even have any fucking oil, right? right? Like they, they they don't even have that. Without well, the his historical
2: them. significance, it is not sand and vibes. Particularly like good. It's not like like prime realist. I mean, I'm not not to poo poo on that part of the world, but like it's just like rocks and stuff. Like what is this?
0: Right. And I I don't think that I want to spend much time in New Mexico or Arizona either. Uh, Sand, though. But the advantage of being in New Mexico or Arizona is that you're not surrounded by uh, theocratic fascist people who want to kill you. There are some theocratic fascists out in Arizona. Uh, They're the weird Christian types. uh, And they they are a bummer. We have our own problems as well. But, like— given that it it seems like it's it's a functional impossibility for there to be either a, a a jewish ethno state that is able to exist peacefully in the region or a modern secular democracy that is able to fold into because who like show me an example of the muslim dominant country that is also i mean i guess that the that, that there's there's one right like indonesia is sort of okay right. in, in this regard right like Isn't jordan nice Oman? jordan's a monarchy as well yeah. right like they're like dubai
1: is dubai a city in the united arab emirates is that what yeah, it's called abu
0: dhabi and dubai are in uae yeah but these are all like these are all like mafioso type yes. uh situations You're right they're all
1: where it's fine
0: Right. like Saudi Arabia is uh, who we are most comfortable dealing with as a as a country out there, and that's a fucking disaster of a of a, a monarchical fascistic sort of right. regime that is slowly so
2: Turkey,
0: painfully modernizing.
2: Right. So Turkey in some respects plays that role, right? I mean, even even with uh, this
0: Well, Turkey did until Erdogan. Erdogan even, anyway. But even with
2: Erdogan's like worst impulses, it's not like Iran or Saudi Arabia, right? Like people sure. are able to kind of freely go about. Uh, for the most
0: part, Turkey is a good example. What are the what are the demographics of Turkey? How many how many Jews? How many non-Muslims right. are in Turkey? And I think it's a relatively certainly uh, small number.
2: Aren't there like some Kurds uh, that are there that they're constantly? trying to kill right that they're constantly having fucking problems right,
0: yeah. with it. I mean I know I'm, I don't want to be the one to say right. it uh, because it's it's a line of yours that you've been saying for as long as I've known you but anywhere you find Muslims we've got fucking problems it's, it's, a, right? it's, the- it, it,
2: it's an oil and water situation because the so other religions, maybe it was different before, and they've kind of watered it down to to fit the modern world, right? But that's not how that's not how that hasn't been the Muslim approach. It's like you have to do things exactly how you did it, like in the seventh century or whatever, right? So like there is no, you know. Uh, when you know, like, you have man rule and then you have God rule. Oh,
1: Turkey's super Muslim.
0: Yeah, Turkey. Yeah, it's like in excess of ninety ninety five percent or something, I right? Mean, yeah,
2: there are yeah. no good examples, but that, that was, <laughs> that's the closest one. Uh, but like the way that the Muslim system is working, it's like it's like a vertical kind of integration. Like every aspect has to be Muslim, right? So the government has to be Muslim, right? So th- right that right there is. You can't make it work I mean the best a, a lot of the countries that have been successful in the West have been secular government and then there's you know religious whatever especially in America but the government itself is secular and on paper you could be whatever and be here and have no impact on your mm-hmm. experience or it shouldn't right here but there the the rules are set up in such a way where religious people you know uh, uh Muslim people you ha- you know you have to abide by such and such and then for the people that are uh tolerated the the non-muslims which you know they do like you know in Egypt there are christians you know other iraq there were christians uh there are these minority groups that are
0: tolerated uh but the fr- right, but not minorities the way that we think of them in this country where black people make up 13 or right. 14 15% of the population hispanics make up what
2: like a little more than that yeah
0: right like it's a it's a huge number The, the as we've discussed the demographics of this country have Shifted hugely right. just in our lifetimes alone. Right, I mean like, minority. I mean, like religious we're talking minorities. about tiny minorities right. of people. There are a hundred thousand Christians estimated in Iran, for example. Like this is it's functionally none people. It's a it's a rounding right. error of a number of of people who are permitted to exist uh, who are not Muslim. Right. Right. And I don't know what that means. I I don't know what – and I don't know how you can expect – like what is the hope for Israel 10 or 15 years down the line? What is the best case scenario? And I – like barring – the end of the Iranian revolution, right? B- barring sort of the fall of the Iranian government and regime change there where your best case scenario is a Saudi Arabia-type situation where some fucking ruling family takes over instead of the instead of the more hardcore uh, Islamist types. And I don't even know how sincere the Iranian revolution types are at this point. I don't know how uh, It seems like they're still pretty sincere. The,
2: they're still funneling a lot of money to these groups. Um, so, I mean... Th- Israel, I think, is is not going anywhere. I mean, there isn't, like—I mean, your little uh, New, New Mexico plan is not going to come to fruition, right? So they're not going to go anywhere. They have kind of weathered the worst of it, I think, the storm, right? Like, over the last, like, 70-some-odd years, I mean, like— You say they've weathered the worst of it. This is the worst attack that they've is, had. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, it, I'm, I'm it, fact, you've heard
0: I mean, this a thousand times this week. This is the—it was the worst single day in terms of Jewish deaths since World War that's II. That's true, right? yeah. Like, this is
2: Body count, yes, and it is the worst. There have been multiple attempts by multiple neighboring countries trying to attack them, right? That they've repelled, right?
1: But this is the whole, the whole, uh, this is why I don't want to talk about this. The Jewish religion and the Jewish culture is constantly on about how persecuted they are. That's like the theme. Right. The most important, well, outside of the high holidays, Passover. Is about how persecuted right. they were,
0: right?
2: Although to be fair, like yeah. you yeah.
1: can't, yeah. you can't take that out of it.
0: To be fair, also, uh, <laughs> and, they, they're not wrong, and, right? Uh,
1: <laughs> I know, but like, you can't say, "Hey, you guys, what do you want? To you want to stop being persecuted?" They don't. That's the point. But,
0: Although I would imagine, but people... come to America, come okay. to New Mexico That's and too be persecuted. Easy.
1: That, then they won't be they persecuted. They will
0: still be enough. persecuted. We will get that tree of life every once in a while. The fucking crazy Trump supporter will go uh, shoot up a, a synagogue from time to time. You could still feel real bad about yourselves uh, over here, It'll be, but it'll be so much better. And again, I can't stress this enough. There's nothing special about that plot of land in terms of uh, it, the natural it, resources that you're able to extract from it relative to what you could get out of Arizona or New Mexico. Right. Uh, I, I don't love those places, uh, but also we've uh, never been they'd to those be places.
2: Right. They might be great, but but one of the you know uh, w- one of the arguments that, that that I've read were like if Iran is playing a direct role beyond what they already do, uh, uh, is it, it, to disrupt the normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia, right? So like currently, the last however long those two countries. with the u.s and like qatar or some other random countries playing a role also trying to normalize relations between these two countries that are typically uh at each other's necks uh because of the religious uh, dynamic uh the reason why i said that you know they have kind of weathered a lot the worst of it is because they are on the path to normalization right during trump's administration there were like a few countries that uh, were like okay fine we'll look the other way now you have the biggest one of all Saudi arabia uh thinking of doing the same you're basically adding to a list of countries like each you know each all these countries all the major arab countries are saying we recognize that you exist our former our prior pursuits of like trying to get rid of you all entirely that's behind us now let's try to normalize the the relationships and and that suggests to me that at least they can uh, uh, their populations, they can stomach it because a lot of the their decisions, even though they are dictators or monarchs, you don't want uprisings on this on this front, right? The, the reason why, like uh, as of tonight's recording, the the president Biden was supposed to meet with Israel and then also go to Jordan and meet with uh, the Palestinian guy Abbas and also the King of Jordan and Sisi from Egypt. All of those things are now canceled. That that leg of the trip are canceled because the Uh, initial read, at least in those countries, is that the hospital attack was caused by Israel, right? So now those countries can be seen to be speaking to the United States president who has sided 100% with Israel if the population is going to be outraged by 500 people getting killed by Israel, right? So like the reason why I point that out is that if, the, if the Saudi Arabia and other countries are, are okay with normalizing it, that they, they made a calculation that we can sell this to our people, right, to where, like, we're making relations with Israel. So that's why I think Israel's not going to go anywhere. They're basically – they have weathered most of it, and they may be a few other uh, incidents like this, but they're not going to go anywhere. Uh, and so, again, you're back to square one. Like, how do you fix this now, which is to – you have to kind of coexist. There's no other
0: way. But there is no coexisting, right? I mean, when you say you...
2: Right, there's no coexisting. So the status quo is to the detriment of of all the Palestinian people. So how much longer do you... How many more generations of Palestinians are going to live in squalor, right? I mean, at some point, you have to say this is not working. You haven't gained an inch. You're losing ground by the decades, right? So what is the... This is madness. Like, what do you think is going to happen?
0: Right. I just... I guess what what I'm essentially because I'm also trying to reconcile all of this with is there a is there a version of Israel that can exist that is palatable to not just the fucking Iranian or Palestinian crazies who believe that they should be wiped off the face of the planet but to the vocal nuts over here who are talking about like like young people like like Millennials and younger, I think. I think Gen Z is the first. uh, I forget the data download numbers precisely, but like young people don't side with Israel, right? Like they're 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 the first one to dip below on the approval rating scale, upside down, uh, below fifty percent in terms of their support for Israel. What does that? How do you fix that? Right? Like, is there any way to change the rhetoric here that recognizes that? Uh, this is not an ethno state that is uh, an apartheid regime. When it, like it sort of is, and it sort of has to be by necessity. Apartheid just means like the word just means apart. Again, not that not that American opinion necessarily matters. I guess, although to some it extent, like, policy wise uh,
2: it could impact. Po- like if if the the old geezers die off in the coming decades, and the Gen Z, whatever group is uh, that's coming behind us. Uh, they become like the 30-something, 40-something, 50-somethings who are at the seat of all the power um, and and opinion-making, then it would have an impact then down the road. But right now, yeah, it didn't have an impact.
0: Right. And our support for Israel was incredibly important in the building up of Israel as a regional power, as somebody that had our support, uh, both in terms of uh, simply money and influence. Uh, It mattered a lot. Over the course of the last 75 years, they are now uh, such a relatively rich and modern nation that probably our support means less uh, than it ever has in the past, just in terms of their ability to go on surviving, whether there are 40 percent of Americans uh, who fucking care one way or another or not. Uh, so, So, again, maybe the... Maybe it doesn't fucking matter what a bunch of American twenty-five-year-olds think about Israel. Yeah,
2: because like I said, I think within the next like decade or so, things are going to go in one or you know one or two or three directions. Right? It's not going to stay the way it is. So like by then, it may not matter what the opinion uh, is of the 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 next generation.
0: Yeah, it's so punishing to my uh, sort of idealistic worldview about. Uh, human flourishing in terms of like I think there should be fucking free people who elect their own leaders and uh, live in secular modern like the the ideal secular modern future of the globe seems to be in complete opposition in the Arab world right like there's there's just not a lot of that uh, coming from certainly from out of the governments and leadership of the Arab world. Like, no, actually, everything is fine the way that it is, and people should just be Muslim, and then they will uh, they will flourish in that right. way. And for Israel to be there and to uh, stick out like a sore thumb in that regard, like it bums me out that the way that they have to establish themselves moving forward is going to be a reliance on the ethnic and religious features of their identity in a way— that I would hope that on the long term they evolve out of right yeah. that the the ideas that they become a more modern more secular society and instead uh, this is the sort of event that pushes them in the exact opposite direction right? uh, this yeah. sort of yeah. reinforces the more religious and conservative conservative aspects of their society uh, in a way that to me is a step backwards rather than a step forward. You know,
2: on, on your uh, New Mexico plan, um if you were to uh take Israel out of that area, like it would wouldn't it just as likely cause more chaos because you know, it's not just Muslim society versus non-Muslim society. It's like, it's like one type of Muslim society against another. I mean, Iran and Iraq went to war for, like, almost a decade in the 80s, hated each other because, you know, Sunni, Shiite, whatever. Uh, same thing with Saudi Arabia and a lot of the Sunni countries versus Iran uh, and because there are you know, there are two different types of Muslim, right? So, like, if Israel was gone, like, the boogeyman that everybody can kind of, like, rally around to kind of, like, oh, yeah, at least, you know, oh those Israelis are doing a thing, right? If you don't have a thing like that to point to then it's just you're pointing at each other right wouldn't it just cause even more it wouldn't like be more stable like they're just going to point at each other like oh let's just start killing each other or at least let's the, start to undermine the point each other. though
0: is that like the it it commands the world's attention because israel is there right to some extent that and the oil right because it, it destroys. Sure, the, price. the oil. But to some extent, like we'll just deal with whoever is capable enough to put the oil in the fucking barrels and put them on the ships for us to buy, and we'll wash our hands of you otherwise, right? right? Like you can have your stupid petty internecine squabbles, and it doesn't fucking matter to us, you crazy. Right. Muslims. But then you can also have but, but, yeah,
2: you, you could have that.
0: But because Israel is yeah. there, it fucking does, right? right? Like it, it and and it becomes this big fucking thing. And again, like I don't I don't know. I'm not trying to – it sounds – I suppose there are a number of sentences I've said tonight that people will say fucking Islamophobic uh, piece of shit or whatever. I'm not that, so whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Not an obstacle but, for
2: that criticism.
0: That's right. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> – exactly. Uh I just don't know if you're designing the work. Like, if we were to start over, would you do it again? So that's would you put it? it, It's pointless. You know, again, I think the. I know that it's fucking pointless, Abe. But it's 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 equally completely implausible to imagine it. Sort of what you're implying is. uh,  … is a one-state solution? No, my thing uh, is
2: a two-state solution if both parties are willing to accept it, right? But
0: uh, but they're not. Right. They're, a two-state solution requires the pal- a, a, a legitimate Palestinian authority to step up and say, "Okay, we'll accept," and 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 like they have to accept a raw deal to some the, extent, the, right? In the because raw deal to them, now. that's what I'm saying. Deal in the any deal, deal is is a raw deal. No, but
2: no, no. I'm saying this is the raw deal. The other thing is just like uh, you can't stomach, right? Not a raw deal you you 'll be able to just kind of live like a normal country, right, but you just wow, oh, those fucking people are still there right that that's you can 't get over that you know like they shouldn't be here in the first place. a lot of the arguments a lot of the grievance is like why should we have to accept this thing like we were here before they were there you know or whatever the argument is right but like the reason why I say you you need to ground everything in like start from where you are there's too much wouldn't it be nice if this thing existed a lot of the the reasons why these uh uh, uh, p- like people in Palestine are against any sort of two state solution. Like in the f- late '40s, in the '60s, and beyond, has been like it shouldn't be like this in the first place. There was it, like we, there shouldn't be a two st- two state solution, right? So they're in this like alternate world where there I- isn't an Israel, right? But you can't operate an alternate under that world,
0: world, right? An alternate world where. European Jews never came back, right? right. Uh, and also by the that- way,
2: on that point, you know, like even after all that happened to Jewish people in Europe during the the Second War, right? All a lot of those countries still didn't want the Jewish people to to be there, right? So like it, it kind of served two purposes, like the like you were saying, the Zionist plan to kind of you know recreate israel uh and also all it 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 solves a problem for all those other countries saying oh well, we don't want them here so that's a great solution and fuck the palestinians right because like who cares about them right so like it kind of solved a problem for a lot of european countries and also america who also had some uh uh issues with getting as you know uh, more jewish people to come uh to to this country so like you just kind of – I would just say just start from where you are and, and find solutions from here. Ground yourself here. It's an academic exercise anything else. like, It's a pointless exercise. Start from here and go to some sort of solution that works. Everything else is just a waste of time.
0: Yeah, yeah sure. Also, I think if you went back to 1948 and you could say, how about New Mexico? <laughs> not that they would have – not that the they United States – were busy States-
1: doing like – Nuclear,
2: yeah, by the alien way, you, when, stuff then, yeah. In New Mexico, like, wasn't that like shortly after all those tests that they ran? Like, you're gonna put them there,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, do you want to be in the middle weird east? How you you want to have that like, like one cool, you, state over you the wanna, others? you want to have cool X Men, uh, children, you know, like weird mutants who have powers and stuff. I think uh, you decide, Jews. N- New Mexico is
2: uh, crummy, like, uh, one of one of the better states,
0: all right. Uh, what are we looking North at, North Carolina? Uh, what. North Carolina, Gross. Jesus Christ! You know, nobody wants North Carolina. Well, it's a nice state, the western part especially. The point is, it's not a crazy change of scenery, right? I mean, it's desert, right? But you, you know that that's the point. Israel's the time a of lot much. of
2: ocean and sea. The only way your your strategy uh, would work is if you, you 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 had everybody have a lobotomy, like to forget the like just close your eyes, and then the terrain is similar.
1: Yeah, Let and it, if you can do are that, are just do crazy that to Americans, everybody.
0: There are like asshole crazy Christian Americans who are like building the ark and stuff out in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> How's that we've going, got, by like, the way? I'm... We've got creationist museums and stuff. <laughs> like just rebuild the fucking third temple or whatever number temple we're on out there in the desert and tell them that it's just uh, you know the magnetic poles of the earth flip every couple of thousand years or something like that it's basically Israel if you you understand it from a certain point of view yes I mean the fucking Mormons think that they're like somehow like that Jesus walked on America at some point right people believe crazy shit they don't
1: think that they believe that there's a difference. difference
0: don't belittle their beliefs Anyway, I just again with the nut picking, but like I, I can't handle people talking about how Israel shouldn't exist at all. Like, the, like, though the, it you is so
1: just talked about that. It's
0: so weird to me that people insist on this sort of indigenous like, the, 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 the this fucking indigenous stuff is such a brain disease for people. Like, and, and if you took any claims of indigenousness seriously and extended them uh in any meaningful way you would have to remake the face of the entire globe right. like and i don't i don't know what you what smart point it is you think you're making when you talk about decolonization do you know what decolonization would look like right. in every neighborhood in where you've ever been like what are you talking right. about
2: There was – somebody made this – I mean they're kind of just poking fun, but like – you know how there are some people that – this has died down, by the way, based on my – and this is what I predicted. Remember some years ago there was this land acknowledgement scheme or like somebody before they started whatever the festivities, they would say, oh, by the way, we're on
0: this. Yeah, it still happens. happens, There's a podcast I listen to that still does land acknowledgments. So
2: somebody was – poking fun, like, would, like, a future, like, pa- like, one state, Palestine, whatever solution that people are uh, they're, they're climbing for, would they have to do, like, a land acknowledgement for Israel? Because they were, you know, they were there historically before. You may say that it's their right. thing now.
0: Anyway, let's briefly talk about uh, Jim Jordan and the Republicans. Oh, your boy. We didn't talk last week. We were on the cusp of a vote for Speaker to replace Kevin McCarthy, I still I'm still keeping in my back pocket a sentence that I said on this show in January where I said something to the effect of this will be the shortest speakership in modern history. Uh, that was a prediction that I made on this show. And uh, that turned out to be correct. So I, uh, but we'll...
2: I, I have been meaning to look at like the shortest stance. So this was like I mean like what, like nine months or whatever it was? Like that, that that's the shortest? I
0: yeah, I don't think we've ever. I don't think there's ever been a meaningful situation where a speaker leaves before the term was is over. That
2: guy huh? that was that came after New Gingrich, and he had some weird issue that we had to leave, and then the, the pedophile came after him, like Hastert. I thought there was some guy between Hastert and Gingrich that was like Livingston or some some goofy guy.
0: This is from Axios two weeks ago. The shortest-serving House speakers in. U.S. history is Theodore M. Pomeroy was one calendar day. That was 1869. I don't have any of the details here, so I'm afraid we'll have to look those up elsewhere.
1: It's just back, you know, like in the before medicine, people would just die. So like that president who was only president for like two days and then they died.
0: From the Wikipedia, Theodore M. Pomeroy was an American businessman and politician from New York who served as the 26th Speaker of the United States House of Representatives for one day, March 3, 1869 to March 4, 1869, the shortest American speakership term in history. Let's see if we can figure out why it was so short. Skylar Colfax, who was to be sworn into office as vice president the next day, resigned as Speaker of the House. Upon his resignation, the House passed a motion declaring Pomeroy, who was himself leaving Congress the next day, duly elected as Speaker in place of Colfax in office for one day. His is the shortest tenure of any Speaker of the U.S. House. So uh, somebody had to leave to go take a better job, and for one day this Pomeroy fella became Speaker of the House. Michael C. Kerr, his speakership ended on December 6th, 1875 at 258 days. I think we can say that's safely pre-modern. And then Kevin McCarthy's speakership was 270 days long. That's the third shortest speakership in the history of the House. I don't think
2: I see my guy. I think maybe he was like up for nomination and it came. I
0: think what you're talking about was a quick succession thing that happened uh mostly before anybody actually ascended okay. to the ascended to the speakership uh, but yes uh, it's uh, uh it's a good reference point though because uh the 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 boy diddlers have returned to the United States House of Representatives in the form of uh or not necessarily the boy diddlers but the the apologists for the boy diddlers in the form of Jim Jordan anyway uh mccarthy was out the Early favorite to replace him uh, quickly became Steve Scalise, but he did not have Trump's endorsement. Jim Jordan had Trump's endorsement. They made the mistake of coming out of committee and taking Scalise to the floor where they found out that he did not actually have the votes to, to become speaker, and then this week uh we 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 work our way down to Jim Jordan uh believes that he might have the votes and uh this afternoon in the first vote we'll recall that at the beginning of the year uh Kevin McCarthy had to suffer through 14 votes before finally being uh elected I believe on the 15th go uh Jordan failed on the first one, and they were about to bring a second vote, and I guess it looked like he was going to fail again, and so they didn't bother uh, bringing the vote. So there'll be another uh, a night of, of phone calls and arm twisting and hand wringing and all of that sort of thing, trying to get the last Republicans in line to give Jim Jordan the gavel, which a week ago I would have said, had we talked about it, was Absolutely never going to happen. Because Scalise was going to get it the first go-round or – Not necessarily that it was going to be Scalise but that because there's no way – like despite all of the evidence to the contrary that the Republicans are just going to fucking do whatever and that any rational – any attempt to apply – Uh, Certain former standards to the behavior of the current Republican Party is a fool's errand. But like Jim Jordan, if for no other reason than the scandal at Ohio State involving the team physician who sexually abused hundreds of Ohio State athletes over the course of decades-long tenure there— Jim Jordan was an assistant wrestling coach from 1987 to 1995, I believe, are the years that he was an assistant coach there at Ohio State. And by the accounts of upwards of a dozen of uh, former wrestlers there, he should have known and in fact did know that the, the guy at Ohio State who was in charge of doing the physicals and doing the medical care for Ohio State athletes was abusing male athletes. Uh, And that if he – and one way or another, either he should have known or or rather he did know and then failed to speak up about it, utterly disqualifying, right? Right. You'd think disqualifying from public office in general. But, you know, uh, you have districts where it's like 80 percent Republican. Grab them
1: by the pussy.
0: You got, you got, uh, uh, you know, people are just going to elect the Republican anyway. That doesn't mean he necessarily needs to be ascended up into leadership, uh, but that's what's happened. But even if he didn't know. How can you put someone as the Speaker of the house as the as the leader of your party in, uh, uh, most in the most the people 's branch of congress uh, someone who was uh, so blind to the goings on around him that he didn't even realize uh in the best case scenario right like the best case scenario is that well, actually, that's not fair because according to Jim Jordan, none of this shit even happened, right? right? That, the, that an investigation that went down and the tens of millions of dollars that were paid out to former athletes by Ohio State, which never contested the allegations in the first – they didn't even put up a defense. Right. They were like, yeah, we believe you, and here's a bunch of money. Jim Jordan comes back and says, ah, no, those guys are fucking liars, and uh, you can't believe anything that they say. That should be disqualifying, right? Uh, The fact that he's taking that position, that itself should be disqualifying. Or, in my head, the most favorable view of Jim Jordan is he was just blind to the fact that all of these people who were there in his care, under his uh, direction as an assistant coach on this team... Uh, maybe he just didn't right. know maybe he was just completely blind to it that's the best argument for Jim Jordan and that's the guy that you want to put in charge of your entire conference I think you're out of your goddamn right. mind and, and,
2: and, and maybe that's why he's going with that uh maybe he was so blind he's maybe he thinks like I'll, I'll pretend that I it didn't even happen instead of Defending that I don't know what happened, but I didn't see it happen, like you know, a more nuanced kind of position.
0: So I don't know. It's, it's a weird argument. But, you know, uh, the, the. But it's not the argument that he's taken. The argument that he's taken is all of these dudes are liars. Right. The ones who said that the, that the doctor abused them, they just have a financial right, interest. He, he, must, in, he must
2: think that that's a more defensible lie than the other lie. Like, let's say right. if he knew. Or he could just lie and say I didn't know, and they're like, well, so it happened, but you should have known. Like that, I guess maybe he's trying to protect himself against that charge. I don't know. But in any event, the the twenty people who voted for someone other than Jordan, um, I can't imagine any of them uh, let that be a deciding factor, right? Like they don't care about that at all, right? They're not saying, oh, I have qualms about what happened at Ohio State, right? Like their reasons for not voting for him uh, are. You know, there's different reasons for it, but that's not one of them. Uh, And. Elise
0: Stefanik had the balls to bring up his. That's right. Uh. she said, the, she, she talked about how in the wrestling ring you want Jim Jordan on your side or something. Right. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll drop the clip in here.
1: Whether as judiciary chair, conservative leader, or representative for his constituents in West Central Ohio, whether on the wrestling mat or in the committee room, Jim Jordan is strategic, scrappy, tough, and principled. He is a mentor, a worker, and above all, he is a fighter. And the American people know, we know. That Jim Jordan is a winner on behalf of the American people. She
0: had the fucking cojones to mention the wrestling stuff as if nobody knows. Like, like uh, everyone is supposed to be ignorant of this right. fact, or are they just proudly waving it in front of our fucking right. faces? And I don't, I don't know. But
2: to the point of like, oh, it can't be Jim Jordan. The reason why he's up next is because you know, after Kevin McCarthy, the obvious big names based on their their position in in, in leadership are going to be Scalise, Jordan, Stefanik, right? So, like, you're thinking, like, if Scalise uh, gives it a go and it fails, I assume that Jordan would have even a worse ch- chance, right? Because he's a little more uh, abrasive than Scalise, right? Even if they believe in the same things, he's more abrasive.
0: Yeah, and by the way, like uh, uh, a cuddly Steve Scalise who uh, used to pal around with uh, white supremacists when he was a, a much lower-level politician in New Orleans. right? that thing
2: he said? Like he's uh, David Duke without something? Uh, he had some— w- David Duke without the baggage yeah, or something, something like, like that? that yeah, something um, Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird, because like David Duke is all baggage, like so. You're not David Duke, then, right? <laughs> right. But but anyway, like so. This this seemingly futile attempt to try to become speaker seems like it's not going to go anywhere because from what I'm hearing, he got because yeah, he did get to 200, which uh, is a big number. Not a, he got fewer votes than than Jeffries, uh, but those 20 holdouts, they're thinking will we'll hammer out some sort of arrangement with each one. From what? They have been reporting the Monty Rajus of the world are saying is that among those 200 are some people that are voted for him just for the first round. Basically, like I'm going to hold my nose and vote for you. I didn't want to do it. So, like if he were to make some inroads with the 20 who have voted against, let's say if he cut that in half, who's to say that another 10 who only voted for him the first go around to just to be a team player aren't gonna then vote for somebody else who you know other than Jim Jordan because they never wanted him, but they're gonna play ball. And if it's not going to amount to anything, I should just stand up for what I want, right? So, like, it seems like whatever the number's going to be tomorrow, it will be around what it is today. And so once that fails, let's say this does go as I expected, which is going to fail. He's not going to be a speaker. Does Stefana stick her neck out or does she preserve it for, like, a future – you know, she's young. She can just not be party to this and just go with whatever that caretaker argument that I heard today where the, this, the, 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 the dweeb with the – With a bow tie can just be – we'll entrust them with more power to be an actual acting speaker uh, so that we can kind of get the work done for like 30 days, 60 days or whatever. And then we can – basically it's like a continuing resolution on the speakership.
0: Right, because what is the business of the House at this point besides showing up and passing a continuing resolution to keep the government open? They're they're anticipating
2: that they're going to get some uh, supplemental funding uh, request from the White House like for Israel plus – Ukraine right so they would have to prove something along those you know that also right Uh, so it's not just the and also they they, they've been spending what a week or two on this like there's still that the government shut down a month from now the thinking whether we're going to use those 40 plus days to iron out a new deal but they don't even know who to deal with right and so the, the whole thing seems to be kind of a mess but like I think like after uh Jordan, if he were to fail, uh, then it doesn't make sense to add more people. I mean it would be very absurd if McCarthy <laughs> tried to nominate himself uh, after all of this mess. But like, that's the only other name I can think of because I, I don't think Stefanik would want to – I mean unless she's an idiot uh, – to take part in this exercise because she also is going to be short of the vote. Right? Why would they vote for her? I mean the, the New York delegation all voted for other people, and so right. it doesn't make sense.
0: Again, I joked about it. Either last week or two weeks ago, but like the only person who could easily become speaker of the House right now is Donald Trump. I think he he'd succeed on the very first go, and uh, beyond that, like I don't I don't know what it's going to look like. It's crazy to me that there's not a speaker Speaker of the House. Dweeb,
2: that's gonna be the move.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anything else in the news worth mentioning here?
1: I could read you. Did you see what Tua said about Israel? Did you see what Tua Tua's chiming in Ago Viloa said <laughs> into a microphone?
0: Yeah, go ahead and read that.
1: Okay. It's good. Okay. Tua.
0: Should I ca- should I just play the clip?
1: No, I read it really well. I kind of want to also bring to the attention, like I didn't really realize how bad things were in Israel. I just wanted to bring attention for those who didn't necessarily understand things that are going on, that it really is bad. If you don't understand, if you go on Google, you look, you search, and you read about what is going on in this world, this world needs prayer. I don't know what we've come to, but just my thoughts, my prayers are out there with those people in Israel. I know there's the Ukraine and Russia war still going on as well, and I just wanted to bring notice that... Although we have the freedom to do this here, play football and be able to have this freedom to do these things, that to come back into reality and think that's where we all are in this world, I just wanted to bring that to the attention. Hopefully we can all come together and pray for the kids, the children, the wives, the women, the men that are putting themselves out there every day for those unfortunate events that are happening right now.
0: That is, the, that is the sound of a 25-year-old man finding out that there are other places in the world. Today, I learned. That there, today, I found out that there are whole other countries where bad shit happens. You know,
2: uh, you have chat GPT right there, Tua. Just say, or even just plug in your word to say, make me sound a little smarter than this. Don't say anything. of that. Yeah, a you lot of options anything. on the table. You're a
0: football uh, player. I know it's rich of me, uh, podcast, blog, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> you can just say nothing, yes. right? You can, you can always just say nothing. That is always an option. It's always on the table, you don't have to say So it anything. seems
2: like a lot of people have uh, bought into the, the school of thought that like as a, 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 someone of some renown, like whether in sports or movies or whatever, that you have a quote-unquote platform and you would be irresponsible if you didn't weigh in on current – Affair. But Tua
1: isn't one of those people, right. generally. So, so yeah, that's why this is so uh, something.
0: Do you think that he's not? Because I'll bet you. What's the over under on his number of Instagram followers? It's gotta be a million. Right? No, 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 no.
1: At, this it's was gotta at a be like conference. one and a half million, right? This, like that's no. I'm, yeah, but he's not like one of those players or w- celebrities yeah. that always has a take. Like he's. I, th- I've never. Heard of him having anything to say about anything. Yeah. yeah ever. Have,
2: like a podcast? The point is that they Tua all have takes? these
0: fucking platforms though. What's that? What, sorry, is under. It's 1.1 million so, yeah, is so the a number million, on Instagram. Yeah.
2: So yeah, so, but m- m- maybe he did not subscribe to that school thought, but like, wh- whomever his handlers are, like, oh, people will want to hear from you too. Huh? All all these other people are weighing in. I
1: don't think that. Aaron Rodgers, right. sure. Right. Like, other. Other people. We don't need to hear
0: from Aaron right, Rodgers either. No no, no, no,
1: I don't. But he's a guy who has things to say a lot of the time. We're like Tua hasn't said anything has, has, since he stabbed me in the heart.
2: Has has uh, your favorite quarterback uh, Tebow said anything? Like is he just? See, I mean, I if, even, if, if I he's know. showing restraint, that's the thing. Other people should.
0: Tebow says, "Look." You get me to Palestine with some medical shears and a Bible, and we're we're gonna do some good work down there.
2: Don't make fun of him. There, not any, uh, unfortunately for him, not enough, uh, there, There's no uh, kids to snip, you know, because they're all snipped up over there on both ends. So yeah,
1: don't 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 bring him. Well, into he'd be it. happy. To, he'd be happy up? to don't help. That.
0: You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, said it again by accident. Don't do that. Uh, We are still there, though. Brainiron.com, castironbrains.com. For a show note, the opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig, tetramermusic.com, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com. Mark's been trying to get me to play chess against him this week. He texted me He wants a rematch. Apparently, I played him once in chess before. I don't remember this. Um,
1: Probably when he visited.
0: Because I'm a bad friend. It wasn't when he visited. It was apparently... Uh, when we went to New York City oh, yeah. one time and we played chess at a bar and I whipped his ass. And my only opponent for the last few years has been my son. So I feel incredibly out of practice and I've probably gotten He's been worse practicing. at chess. So I'm a little bit nervous he's about playing. He's been practicing
1: with an app, Andy. Don't let him lie now, to you. Are you playing uh, possum?
0: Uh,
2: oh, how did this work again?
0: I'm not playing possum <laughs> at all. I, I sincerely don't know. He's a smart guy, and if he's been training himself up as well, I, you know, we could be in some trouble here.
2: I
1: bet that a thing that would make me really angry would be watching you and Mark Andy Gillig play chess.
0: Well, the way to do it,
1: I bet I would. I bet I would throw up. Or explode I at how long uh, it took.
0: I, I haven't set this up yet. But, like, I, I'm I'm no longer – like, i spend spent enough time fucking dicking around with my phone based on the notifications that come in that – like, I used to play Words with Friends or Scrabble on that the phone. That was fun. We could phone. do that again. But, like, you'd get a notification and it'd be like, okay, now you play your turn. It wasn't usually like you sat there and just played a Words with Friends game for 20 minutes with your buddy across town or across the state or across the country. It can
1: be that.
0: No, I know. That's what I'm saying. It can be that. But usually... Not
1: when you play. It
0: would be like, okay, I'm going to make my turn and then maybe he'll make a turn today or maybe not. And then maybe there'll be a furious back and forth of like five or six turns and then we have a break or whatever. Uh, The way to do it is to pick a night, uh, a couple nights a month maybe, and say, look, from 9 o'clock to 10.30, that's the chess match time. We'll get on that's the Zoom or the everybody did during meet. COVID. Right. And we'll play on the internet, and then we'll have a chat. But it has to be like a, a time-constrained thing. I'm not going to be in a mm-hmm. scenario where I'm like back and thing all day uh, making moves on the chess yeah, you need, board. Yeah, to have some no...
2: structure. Yeah.
0: yeah, structure. That's the way to do it. Y- uh,
1: yeah, I approve of structure.
0: We didn't talk about this either, but real quick— did you see the Jada Pinkett Smith news that broke over the last few days while you were in Mexico? Yes, uh,
2: we uh, w- actually when we were, um, it was a topic of conversation on the 2 over drive to Tulum or one of those cities where, where we're at. And like somebody, I guess when the phones came to after the plane, uh, they saw some. Blurbs about her new book and all of the stuff that she's saying, and people were not happy with her. Like they're like, oh, actually, like throwing everybody under the bus. What's the matter with her? Like that was like the the just. Right. Oh,
0: I'm sure the Biffler crowd women, was right. The Biffler oh. crowd was not on <laughs> Jada's side, no, no. doubt. Uh, but. So fucking this women was,
1: again. I mean, not that anybody women. needs
0: the recap, but this was one of the most purely joyful and hilarious things to ever happen was when Will Smith stood up and punched Chris Rock no in the it face. it
2: wasn't. Wasn't that like, holy shit, it what just happened? It It was a bit, and then it
0: wasn't. Right. It was horrible, but it was also thrilling in a way that modern oh, life often God. often is not any longer. It was quite unbecoming, uh, the... though, for like him to do it. It, it was, was like terrible. The,
1: one of the worst moments of my life, which speaks to my privilege, obviously. But that was terrible. It was
0: amazing, and it birthed so much uh, fucking fun content. I'm sure that that was a really fun episode of this show, for example, when we discussed that for like an hour right. and a half.
2: And, and, and one of the... the... The arguments that, at the time, I remember was that, like, Will Smith laughed at the joke, uh, you know, just being, like, a a public-facing person. Like, even if he didn't like it, maybe, like, he kind of was trying to laugh it off so we can go on about the night. And, like...
0: Right, the first cut to Will Smith after the joke comes out of Chris Rock's mouth was, Ah-ha, you got got us, like, a good one. And then apparently... And then it very... Turns on a dime. Then
2: there was apparently a death stare... Uh, and and then he changed course to the the, the violent assault, uh, and and now the story is that they she wasn't for that, and uh, um, they were never actually married during the time that this uh, Oscar slap happened. Like it was like what what was all?
0: But it's weirder than that, Abe. It's it's way weirder than the fact that they were separated by the time that the slap happened, because their public performance of couplehood. Uh, Uh, And and the troubles in their relationship go back many years, right? Like almost like a half decade or more of him going on her talk show and like suffering through this conversation (laughs) about her sleeping with other dudes while they're married, right? Like the point of the whole conversation is we are a married couple and I had to come to terms with the fact that my wife was getting various degrees of handsy and whatever, with like he's he became a, a national figure of cuckoldry. Right. Uh, right. Will Smith did right, where he he sort of owned up to the fact that he wasn't a good enough husband, and so his wife was going out and having to sleep with like other rappers or something, and and the whole time they weren't together. Like it it's mind boggling the 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 psychological gymnastics that were going on in those two people's heads, and especially Will's head to allow himself to be subject. To this entire weird performance of a thing when they hadn't even been together for years, that they were living completely separate lives, apparently, for a very long time when all of that happened. And then years later, the slap thing happens, like almost like. Almost like you could argue, like he's been driven fucking insane by having to publicly perform this idea of a of couplehood and marriage, and like, of course, he fucking snapped. This crazy fucking shit's been going on in his life for the last decade.
2: Right. The uh, you know the uh, after talking it through with the the, the Biffler crew, uh, the considered opinion of of some of the crew was
0: that this. Abe, if only you assholes had a goddamn podcast where you discuss such matters at, at at gross and misogynistic length, right? Like, if only you traveled internationally with the ability to record the thoughts of you and your boys in order for, like, me and one uh, restaurateur entrepreneur in the greater Atlanta area to listen to. Right. If only that right. were and the I, case. And, and
2: the equipment was there. We just didn't get to it. But uh, the, the, uh, the opinion, uh, the prevailing thought is that the, 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 this must be an arrangement of like uh, um, she's acting as a beard for Will, and she has that on him, and he is uh, scared of information coming out of her mouth about that. Like basically, like that. This is a totally in, irresponsible conclusion to reach, of course. But that Will Smith is like gay, and she is covering up by being, "I'm going to pretend we're married." Why
0: is it that all of the Scientology weirdos? Why is there always seem to be some sort of Uh, closeted thing going on in the conspiracy theories around them, right? Like, why is that always the go-to for these sorts of things? Because I've heard about Travolta being a secret gay. I've heard about uh, uh, Tom Cruise, of course, for years being a secret gay. That is true. And now Will Smith, too, apparently. I would like to uh, raise and have my objection noted that you gave the prevailing thoughts of the Biffler crew... (laughs) Uh, regarding a situation that involves a strong woman and you did not include the phrase uh, or word bitches or bitches be or anything along those lines, which means that you did not, in fact, give us the true prevailing thoughts of the Biffler crew. That is my recollection. Uh, I just want it's been that a few days. for the it's record. It's been a few days. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, I was just... I was absolutely... Like, I was... You don't often get a piece of pop cultural news that is like truly deranging like then, like the fact that this all happened and they had been Not legally divorced, but functionally divorced for going on like a decade at the time of this event. And then to, to reconcile that with the fact that the whole drama that we know about their relationship also took place during a period in which they were not functional as a couple. It just utterly boggles the mind. And it was funny. My mother... Uh, she was like complimenting me in some, in some way by, by suggesting that I was a self-reflective person. And of course, uh, my immediate reaction to that was like, ah, fuck you. What? No, I'm not, fuck you. What are you talking about? I'm not self-reflective. Uh, because, my, and the reason that like, it's not just an autom- automatic reflexive type thing, but like, there's such a, there's a fine line. Uh, and I think more so now than ever in the, in the modern context, Uh, Between being a good, self-reflective person who tries to figure out the shit that's going on in their own heads to sort of help better understand how they are in the world and how they relate to other people and how other people relate to them and whatever it is that Jada Pinkett Smith is doing publicly uh, with regards to trying to figure herself out, right? right? Because that's that when you listen to her interviews with the Today Show people about, like, and, and, and any of the others, like she had a New York Times uh, magazine profile, I think, this week as well, or maybe it was just the book review, whatever. Uh, but so much of the language is about uh, really trying to figure yourself right. out and, and looking inside, going inside, trying to uh, figure out the, the best version of you. And like, ah oh, fuck that. This is just narcissism. This is just people who cannot imagine that there are other people who matter at all in the goddamn right. world.
2: Also um, also receiving votes from the, the Biffler contingent is that uh, Will Smith has a public shaming fetish that, you know, similar to Kevin McCarthy. And so th- this is like right. in, in furtherance of that. a big humiliation right. kink. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, I was going to sell the book anyway. I could... Knock that out while also shaming you, and you'll get off, and we're all happy. Maybe it's a happy love story, you know, and not some sort of the main the the,
0: the main lesson of life online in the last twenty twenty five years or so of 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 human evolution is that uh there are way more exhibitionists, way more voyeurs and way more humiliation <laughs> fetishists than we could have ever possibly imagined and we were just we were a people just waiting for the infrastructure yeah. to come into place for us to truly flourish in that way and that's that's what life has been like on earth since the late 90s good times did you make it to the movies or were you too busy uh, going to Mexico. So
2: I did. Uh, you know, the, uh, AMC had not branched out to Mexico, so there weren't any AMC theaters for me to watch any movies. Because yeah, I had left. I left. Which like, means,
0: which means you did not make it to Taylor Swift, then correct? <laughs> Thank
2: mm-hmm. God, because I uh, I saw some of the the some of the some clips where people were. I mean, this is I guess a musical concert film or whatever. So it's fine that people are behaving like they're at a concert, but like it's not right. like. A movie kind of environment where people are seated and, and not saying anything. So, like
0: right, I, this, this kind of behavior would not fly <laughs> at the local Alamo draft house. That's for sure. Be kicked
2: exactly out. where it did fly. No. So, what I did do was, you know, in in anticipation of the up this week's release, uh, which I, I've been looking forward to for some time, "Killers of the Flower Moon." Uh, with uh, DiCaprio Mm. and whatnot, I, uh, in Mexico, read the book. I was like, I want to read the book because they always leave stuff out. So that's why it's my one-two combination. Like, read the book. and You want to
1: read the book so that you're disappointed when you see the movie.
2: No, I I wanted to read the book because, you know, when I saw that I read somewhere it was a three-and-a-half-hour movie, right? So I'm like, oh, I guess yeah. they're going to include everything, Jesus. but they can include everything that's in a book, in a 300-page book. And so I wanted to read the book to get the full picture and then see what choices Scorsese made to say that's not important because there are a couple of, like, side kind of things where, like, it didn't really apply to the whole story. So they're, you can kind of tell what they're going to cut out. But I, I'm interested to see how they present the story because in the book – Holy shit, like the people that are were behind the killings are like just just pure evil. Like, you know, like most people are like, if you're robbing somebody, like, hey, here's this gun, perhaps that money, you know, and then the transaction <laughs> is over, right? Um, but it's a Western, right? I mean, yeah, it like a 1920s as polite, as Oklahoma. As polite
0: as Mexican cops, right? <laughs> <laughs> here's, yeah. here's our gun, perhaps the money. <laughs> yeah. But it's
2: very transactional and quick. But in this case, so... Uh, just really quick, uh, the Native Americans, like the Osage tribe, they were told to like fuck off where they were happy and living. And they said, fuck off. You can live in this one shitty part of Oklahoma. Uh, nobody wants this garbage oh, sounds part familiar of Oklahoma. It it's uh, not
0: nearly as nice as New Mexico.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so they were told to fuck off to this random place that nobody else wanted. And uh turns out there was a lot of oil, right? And so they... Right. Uh, secured for themselves the is this
1: actually about the middle east i know that is true maybe it is kind of-
2: <laughs> so so what what they did they 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 were concerned about you know oh, once the the white man figures this out they're gonna kick us out of this land right because it's a very fruitful land so before word got out how much oil there was
0: it sounds like this sounds like an academic uh or dramatic treatment of the uh, turnabout of the Famous phrase: "Indian giver" is the, oh, the yeah, Indians were perhaps were worried,
2: but to concern for that. Although that's like in reverse; it's always like blaming the uh, you know the other for right. what you did. So to get ahead of the likely scenario where they would come and take, like, "Hey, oh shit, nice shoes," you know, give me that, right? To avoid that, they in the agreement that they signed, like, "Okay, we're gonna fuck off to this plot of land, uh, but we want like." Um, uh, this additional provision added to this agreement so that is by law and that ad- that additional bit of uh legalese was that the land can be transferred to somebody else by money it can only be transferred through inheritance so they're saying it can only go through you know the kids or whatever right or or the the spouse and so they added, they're like oh, who cares this is garbage land who cares they signed it off and they 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 fucked off to that part of the, the, the the state and 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 once the oil flowed and they were like obscenely rich, there were uh, people that came and married into and then poisoned to to get the inheritance and that's kind of the the crux of the story. Gotcha. Um And so in the book, like the guy that the, the the guy that, that Leonardo DiCaprio is playing is like in his twenties. So I was like, oh, that's a weird choice that they. Maybe they're gonna do some sort of He's aging thing. Old. But like he's supposed to be like in his like late twenties, not like what is he fifty? Uh, so yeah. and then, he's at
0: least fifty. And yeah. the,
2: and, and, the, and the guy that uh, De Niro is playing, De Niro what like pushing eighty. He's like in his fifties. So like maybe they just kind of just pretend they're a little older. That's not going to be a big thing. Um, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how it works. But uh, I think you know the the reading. I, I want to see if it does. I mean, obviously, I know the story. I just want to see how he does it. Cause, that that would be interesting in a, in a.
0: Was option. it a good book? Would you would you say it go read? Great, the book? I
2: mean, great. It's pushing. I mean, there are a lot of people. There's a lot of hardship in the book, but like it was like more involved, like because they uh, this was basically the 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 agency that be, that turned out to be the FBI. This was like their first big case that they got right, and so like Jade Hoover kind of plays a role, and the guy that uh, uh, Jesse Plemons is going to play uh, in the movie was like this cowboy guy who like figured it out like he was kind of like he's he's a guy that kind of figured it out because they did a very good job of poisoning they would like take
0: their insulin shots I mean, i'll take i'll take your word for it yeah. but jesse plemons does not have the face of anyone who's ever figured anything out <laughs> he's, he's just got one of those faces that's a guy where everything is new to him every time he hears it
2: <laughs> he, does, it right. he does have that bef- befuddled look but this. uh the movie had been getting rave reviews, so maybe you know he did a good job in it. But like it should be, it should be a good, good, good watch.
0: I'll make sure there's a link in the uh, show notes. But there was a piece on AV Club about Martin Scorsese because uh, Scorsese has a few times talked about how uh, it's a bummer what's happened with with cinema yeah, in the not last a big few comic years. Comic book
2: the... movie fan, right? He's one of those,
0: right? And I don't use Twitter much anymore at all. But I I commented on Twitter that I have a long running theory that a few years ago the AV Club was secretly folded back into the Onion <laughs> as an elaborate never blinking satire of a social justicey poptimist culture site. Uh, because this is what they this is the the kicker to this article. Uh, after talking about how all of Scorsese's movies are too long and stupid and nobody should care. At the very end of the article, this person writes, Scorsese is 80 years old and it galls him to know that the Marvel films through Avengers Endgame, represent a signature cultural event in the cinema of our time. When Marty is gone and an entire body of work steeped in the belief that toxic masculinity is the organizing principle of the cosmos is reassessed, it will be interesting to see if his highly personal oeuvre can stake the same claim.
2: Did I say that with a straight face?
0: Apparently, yes. The argument is that... Uh, the the culmination of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Avengers Endgame, uh, is going to endure in a way that Martin Scorsese's <laughs> movies think... uh, will not.
2: <laughs> they That's honestly the think take. that the Doctor Strange guy is going to withstand the test of time, but Scorsese will not. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> got to do the wizard hands.
2: <laughs> that yeah, you're right. That 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 can't. There's got to be like. Uh, drinking game kind of article, like, ah, oh, let's see what kind of garbage I can post without anybody calling me out
0: on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the movie looks looks fun. I've seen the trailers. It looks... Um, doesn't look oh, it doesn't fun look fun at It looks, all. I mean, fun in the it way that... It looks
1: like a fucking slog like everything else he does. It's fun
0: in the say, way it, that uh, I enjoy it, movies. It,
2: it's
1: well-paced
0: <laughs> for three and a half hours. <laughs> I bet
1: it isn't. I bet it's not. Uh, I bet it's a we... fucking slog.
0: What did we do besides watch football? uh, We watched uh,
1: uh, uh, Fish Called Wanda.
0: We watched like the last 60% of A Fish Called Wanda because we were flipping around the channels looking for something to watch. How Uh, was that? We watched the
1: Naked People show last week.
0: We did. Um, We finally got around to watching uh, two episodes of Naked Dating show that you had watched, We talked
1: about it, I thought.
0: I don't think we did talk about it on the show.
2: Yeah.
1: Did we talk about it?
0: I don't think I have anything to add to what Abe and I had previously right. said I think about that, was that the show before I saw it. You, you went yeah. to sleep. Um, oh,
1: okay. Well, no, have you a, have you
0: never well, seen a fish dead. called Wanda? John Cleese uh, wrote.
2: No. And it like in a... Like a...
1: Oh, it's so good. You need to see
0: a fish called Wanda. You got to put that on the list, it's Abe. It's
1: Kevin Kline. You don't need to know anything else. Kevin Kline's in it.
0: Kevin Kline plays a dopey American. From John Cleese.
2: Wild, Wild West. Kevin Kline.
0: Yeah, yes, that's, the, that's the very same. Uh, it's funny that you said, you went immediately to Wild Wild West because we're watching a fish called Wanda, and I said, "Man, we didn't get enough Kevin Klein in his prime uh, through the years. Like he didn't get enough work in film. I assume that he did a lot of theatrical so, work. And the the two that I mentioned were in and out. were was great, and Dave was great, and that was the and end. He was of,
1: in that drama too, and also that I never uh, saw.
0: Back to the Future. Was, he, was that him no. or was that another guy? He was not, oh. he no. was not oh, in he, that movie. Not in him at <laughs> <No. laughs> that. Sophie's the Future. Choice. Uh, Sophie's
1: Choice is a big, f- oh, the okay. big chill.
0: Sure. The point, though, is that I didn't immediately go to Wild Wild West.
1: Yeah, that. I, I, That's something. It, that is uh, quite a reference. To be
2: fair, the way that my associations work, we talked about Will Smith and he was in that. And, you know, yeah. Yeah that's 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 the math
0: do you know how much restraint i'm currently deploying to not start the beginning of that rap from that movie do you know you don't need to do that do you know what it's taking
1: you can start rapping
0: for me to not do into that a
1: microphone there's a microphone right there not, just start going
0: not gonna Spit do it. it okay a fish called wanted john cleese kevin klein jamie lee curtis uh a couple of other uh, uh, Monty Python oh, uh, regulars, movies. it's so good. Okay,
2: I'll give it a watch.
0: One of the funniest movies I've ever seen, uh, and we didn't even get to watch the whole thing. But uh, great movie. Uh, also, uh, and this is this is just rude, unnecessarily. Jamie Lee Curtis is one of these actresses and or actors Uh-oh. that I <laughs> I don't fully get it. Get like, what? I don't Bob. Any of it. Like any like she doesn't she's not particularly great. She was a Supreme like Queen, wasn't
2: she? She wasn't she good in that movie where ah oh my god I'm being chased by the hockey guy. That's
0: what I mean Halloween. though. Like she's sort of a B movie type of actress who's fine. Like she she's mostly good in uh is, right? I mean other so she did that and then she did the true lies movie, that's in true lies, yeah. But she's a very like uh, I don't know. Her career surprises me. That's all I'm gonna I, I will just leave it at that. Uh, Were you rooting against her for that Oscar that she won for
2: everything, everywhere, all at once?
0: I mean, whatever. Uh, It's fine. Jamie Lee Curtis is fine. I forget that I brought it up. Why am what I defending we her? We do? <laughs>
2: you
1: just watched football. Wait, what did we do on Friday? It's the
0: same thing you always do. Uh, oh, some besmirchment of a middle-aged white lady who might be slightly frumpier than most people. Uh, Abe comes storming to her defense.
1: Did we watch football or baseball on Friday? What the fuck did we do on Friday?
0: I don't know what we did on Friday. We didn't do much on. because you had to you had to work on Saturday. I
1: did. So. You played you played video games all night. Yes, yeah,
0: that's I stayed right. up late playing video games. And Lori went to bed.
2: I, uh, I had to work. I uh, used the uh, you know on YouTube TV they have the just watch the key play. So I was like, I'll, I'll maybe yeah. watch the full Georgia game later. But I just wanted to see the the big highlights. And boy, sucks uh, that first drive. I was like, what the fuck? Like, there it's like. Vanderbilt just scored with such ease. I was like, wow, that was yeah. too easy. And then, like, Carson Beck threw, like, one of the worst, like, picks, well, almost pick six. Like, he tackled them before he got out. But, like, he just kind of stared down and just threw it right to the That guy. was
0: the. the a, that was a bad pick. That was the second worst pick of the weekend because Jalen Hurts threw an interception that cost me my goddamn parlay <laughs> at the end of the game the other day. And it was just brutal. And this is to like, the Browns, just, he, right?
2: Without the massage rapist, right? It's a, it's a very weird weekend. Not the Browns. No, they were, no, the they Browns were playing, played the 49ers. Um, 49ers, sorry.
0: I had a three-leg parlay on the NFL early games. Uh, Miami Dolphins, San Francisco 49ers, and the Minnesota Vikings. The 49ers lost on a, on a field goal at the end of the goddamn game. Completely unacceptable. And then my other parlay of the day was... Uh, this is seven legs, all right? And this was all not against the spread. This is just money line stuff, all right? I took the Jags over the Colts. Check. Took the Bengals over the Seahawks. Check. Took the Raiders over the Patriots. Check. Took the Lions over the Bucks. Check. Took the Rams over the Cardinals. Check. And we get. To Jalen Hurts and the goddamn Eagles against the New York Jets. What should have been the easiest win of the day out of all of the games that I just went through and listed. And Jalen Hurts with his team up by two in the last four minutes of the game or something. Throws one of the worst picks I've ever seen. There's obvious this guy is completely covered. He's thrown off of his back foot, and it just goes directly to the fucking Jet guy who runs it back, and they score a touchdown on the very next play, and they lost to the fucking Jets. The next one was the Bills and the Giants, and uh, I I took the Bills over the Giants, and that ultimately is what ended up happening as well, though the Giants put up— The Giants put up a hell of a game. I assume you didn't see the Sunday night game, Abe. But this Giants team with Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback because Daniel Jones is hurt. Tyrod Taylor didn't even know he still played football, if we're being completely honest. uh, Actually did okay. Uh, for the Giants, and the Giants defense showed up for the first time, and uh, the Giants had every opportunity to win that game, and the only reason that they didn't is because the referees refused to call back-to-back pass interferences at the very end. So they gave them an untimed down after an obvious pass interference, and then there's an Even more obvious pass interference on the untimed down, and they refused to throw the fucking laundry on the field, which is very frustrating.
1: You know what else happened? Brock Bowers sprained his ankle and had surgery today, so he's can't he can't win a Heisman. What is the current time
2: frame? Like about six weeks, he may come back. They won't. They
1: won't say. It could be anywhere from three to six weeks. The like reason they don't that
0: know. they won't say is because this is not a decision that's made at the collegiate level anymore. This is a decision that's made by the Brock Bowers team moving forward. Right? Like the only reason that this surgery even happens is because this is the best way to secure
1: wrong his You're wrong. future. You're wrong. You're wrong. He's wrong. Um, I disagree. Okay. So here's the wrong. thing it's with a, a high ankle sprain. It's a different interpretation. A high ankle sprain is going to heal on its own. Okay. You do nothing, it's, it's going to be fine. You need
2: to let time pass. He has
1: nothing to prove to the NFL at this point. Like, he was always going to do fine at the draft but next year. He would definitely be fine by the combine next year. The only reason to do this surgery is to be able to play again in college. Right. That's the, old, the only reason this, to this do season, it. This season,
2: right? Because he's gone after this, I assume, right? He's not going to come it back.
1: Prob- I mean, that's a good yeah. So There's good no yes. way that
0: Brock Bowers comes back to play football at the University yeah, of that Georgia. Would be,
2: that would be stupid. He shouldn't do <clears throat> right. that. So to but like, uh, to, to, what? to Bob's point, like, are you, say, are you uh, saying that because of what happened with JT Daniels, where whatever the medical staff for Georgia said, he had his own apparatus and then they made decisions separate from that right so he got clear yes
0: this is a this is a feature of college football now that the the, these decisions are not being made by the schools and the school's medical personnel these are decisions that are made by player Uh, agents and by by player representatives and by outside physicians and maybe it's better ultimately i don't know uh necessarily uh that it's not Better for the kids and for their uh, long-term prospects, but it is a a significant change in the way that these sorts of decisions are made. Everything I've
1: read indicates that you don't do this surgery unless you want to play sooner rather than later. Like he'll he'll fine either way, Uh, but you do the surgery so that you can get back sooner.
2: Is uh, is? Do you think there's any chance that? Part of the reason why they're withholding a timetable is to see if the Carson Beck, without the safety blanket of Brock Bauer's team, loses like enough games I to be out of the they fourteen playoff. And then at that point, like, well, like the, anyways. The,
1: the article that Seth Emerson wrote, he said that this was what this was a surgery Tua had in twenty nineteen or something and was out three weeks, and was oh, okay. fine. Okay, like It was when he hurt his other ankle. Like, his first ankle was hurt. This is when he hurt his other ankle. He was back in three weeks. It's also the surgery he had that players take six weeks to recover gotcha. from. They just don't... You can't know. Like,
0: okay. Sure, you can't know. And so who knows? So that's
1: why there's no timetable, because they don't have one. Right. It's three to six weeks, which is either... The f- this season or not, right. depending on how the rest of the season yeah, six goes. six weeks
2: would be right around SEC title game.
1: Exactly. And,
2: and if you yeah. came back for that, and then the playoff run. But, yeah, that it'll be interesting to see what they settle on because – uh
1: I just feel really bad for him.
2: Oh, no, he's fine. The, it just, I know
1: he's fine. But he's going to – we're going to lose a game, and he's going to feel like it's his fault. It's just I, – and I wanted him to – Go get nominated for a Heisman, and now he's definitely not yeah. going to do that. Well,
0: he was never going to win it anyway, so it doesn't so, matter. Go to
1: New York, hang out.
0: Um, dogs didn't look great as you as you suggested there against Vanderbilt. Weirdly, it, it was a game that also never felt in doubt in any meaningful way, even though the game was close and sort of ugly. I never worried that the, that Georgia was actually going to lose the game. It didn't even really occur to me that Georgia was going to lose the game watching it. Um, so it, it, that was kind of weird to experience a game that was sort of close but never felt actually close. The, uh,
2: <laughs> I think it was the Georgia game. I mean, fr- first of all, they had this weird camera angle with, with field goals. I don't want to see both. It was oh, very uh, like weird. The, the way they had it. But they're it like because of the construction. Like a, a very manageable field goal by the – Vanderbilt kid and like it was accurate but short but it was like <laughs> I got a good laugh out of it because it was like thirty six yards it was it was not a very long field goal kick and he kicked apparently
0: it. the wind was the wind, the wind was, was very windy. intense uh, throughout the southeast over the weekend was the what, problem. It,
2: it was a very funny visual just like I was like oh that looks great and then it just bloop and then the rush and, and it just like, fucking dies yeah
1: <laughs> I, it feels like Georgia has two different teams it's like sometimes it's like let's not play
0: yeah, yeah. who's gonna show and, up who's gonna show up against florida is it gonna be the team that whipped it's, it's kentucky per drive
1: or... it's not even per game right it's no. like in a drive
0: the good news is i don't trust the florida coaching staff to come up with the sort of game plan that even fucking hateful hugh freeze was able to come up with like i, I don't think that the Those goobers down there really know what they're doing, so I'm not too concerned about Florida. Uh, This is a schedule, though, that, again, that Ole Miss game, like I could totally see Georgia getting into a very weird game with Ole Miss where, like, 115 points are scored or something crazy like that. I'm not looking forward to that Yeah, Georgia's
2: pass defense is very weird. They're just, like, letting a lot of people just go.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've talked long enough tonight, I'm sure. Abe, have you got anything else for us tonight? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. And we'll talk to you next time. Later. You, Google had announced that they are going to do seven years of software updates for this phone. And so I got it in the hopes because, first of all, there's no excitement whatsoever with getting a new phone anymore. To me, it's the exact same thing. Right. Like,
2: it, it, it's getting to that point, right? There's no big difference.
0: The difference is that this one is like I don't have to think about it very much anymore because the I don't have to worry about the battery.
2: It's also a little snappier than the old phone, right? I mean, sure, it's quicker,
0: it's faster, yeah. and like yeah, what? But like whatever. Like what are we talking about here? Like how fast does it pull up a podcast or does it pull up my workout <laughs> app? Like it doesn't fucking matter, right? right. Uh, and yeah, maybe the pictures look better. I guess I don't fucking know. We'll see. But the appeal is like. We're going to do seven years of software updates for this phone. I would love to keep this phone for five years. That's like the, the ultimate dream is can I keep this phone for five years? They've promised seven years of software updates, but will the battery Fucking be worth a shit eighteen months from now is sort of the only question, and like until they figure that shit out, like they can promise me that they're going to update the fucking phone for seven years, but it's not going to fucking matter if I can only get eight hours of use out of it.
2: Right. That's 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 why I, I found when I re- when I read the seven years I thought there was like an ingenious uh, scheme because it's not something they're ever going to have to uphold because of the planned obsolescence with all these phones. They're designed. I mean, my phone. So I'm on. The, tw- the this is the year 3 i'm trying to get it to 4 i like 4 would be a good number but i don't i, I won't make it to 4 it, this phone is kind of like the battery issue is becoming it's not an issue but i, I can see in the early months of 24 it's going to be a pain in the ass right, right. so like there was no way this phone was going to make it seven years, even if they offered seven years ago. See, for me, of,
0: if I'm you with an old iPhone, I would be excited to switch this year because they finally go to USB-C. And, that, like, that's enough for me. Uh, like, go but ahead. Then, you know, you're thinking,
2: oh, that's enough because you have a lot of USB-C stuff. I have a lot of lightning what garbage Apple stuff. So, like, I have right. to get rid of those things. get. I have, like, one USB-C cord for the people that come visit with their Androids. Uh, <laughs> right. But everything else is the thing. So, like, it would be a... a Not a big obstacle, but it's something that I have to deal
0: with. If they would just make it so that you could replace the battery without a lot of drama, then I would. I used to have the dream of the modular phone, where it's like you just you replace the camera, you replace the screen, you replace the fucking whatever else. It'd be like the
2: that ship of yours. Like is that actually still your same phone? Right,
0: ship of the the phone of Theseus. That would be the (laughs) ideal. If they would just do it with the fucking battery, then. I wouldn't have to buy a new phone for ten fucking years. I don't think like it would be right. fine.
2: We're we're arguing uh, right to repair laws, <laughs> so like we're some ways away.
0: Right. Anyway, that's my yeah. exciting news. I got a new that's fucking
2: enjoy. Phone. enjoy. Yeah. Good night. Good night.
0: The proceeding was created with one hundred percent human content.